This is the Weekend Sports Buzz. Let us know what you think. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome to the... Sports Buzz on 1450. I am your host this morning, Kendrick Haskins from Wave 3 Sports, your weekend anchor at Wave 3. And he's sitting here with my boy Brandon Lawrence, attorney at large. <laughs> 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 we are here at 4th Street Live, broadcasting from Sully's here on 4th Street Live on a Saturday morning, an action-packed Saturday we have coming up today. Game day, we have UofL taking on Temple in a little less than three hours from now. We have... Kentucky, they take on South Carolina at South Carolina later on today. We have IU and Penn State hooking up today. And also, we get our first look at University of Louisville defending national championship basketball team at 4 o'clock over to KFC Yum Center in their red-white scrimmage. And I get, I'm excited about that game because I get to see Chris Jones for the first time because, you know, they have everyone's t- asked me about it. It's one of the first things they asked me about is, what's Chris Jones like? What's Chris jo- if Chris Jones was standing right here, to be perfectly honest with you, I wouldn't know who he was because I've not <laughs> seen him in person. And I'm not one of the, I don't like to go and look at the YouTube videos of people because anybody can edit anything and make them look good. And so I want to see him. I'm excited. They said that him and Russ will be in the backcourt together. Coach, Coach P had his uh, press conference yesterday. He was talking about his book and talking about the red white scrimmage. And Chris Jones and Russ Smith will be in the backcourt together. They've been guard, they've been guarding each other the whole time in practice so far. So they will be guarding. They will be in the backcourt together, which is I think it's good. As, you know, get them playing together for once and right. uh, trying to get their games to mesh and going into the season. So that'll be exciting. Luke Hancock will not play in this game. He's they're sending him out. He has an ankle and an Achilles and. All kind, basically old man stuff. Old man. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of old man stuff going on. So Luke Hancock will not be playing in this game. He's not. He's as of now, and anybody who's been around Rick Pitino long enough that as of now he's not playing in any of the red white scrimmages. But as like I said, you know Rick Pitino. It, at some point, it's every possibility you might see Luke Hancock in a red white scrimmage. But for now, he says he's not playing in it. Yeah, so what's going on with you, Brandon? Uh, what's going on, brother? Nothing, man. I'm just ready for this uh, ready for this uh, challenge that Louisville's got down in Philly today, man. You know, uh, yeah. taking it on, taking the show on the road, mm-hmm. show the East Coast what's up. Yeah, you see, that's kind of about your area. You're from Annapolis, Maryland. It's kind of your yeah, the train ride over, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a train ride, man. <laughs> That's funny. Up straight up I-95, man. There you go. Cars taking their show on the road, like you said, their second home, second road game of the season, their conference opener in the American Conference, and their one year, I call it their one year in purgatory until they go over <laughs> to the ACC. <laughs> so what's this? This conference is the, is it the ACA? It's the, it's, it was the American Conference, American Athletic Conference, or the so the AAC. AAC. Yeah, but they okay. they they want to be called the American. American. Yeah. Okay. And to show you how temporary U of L stay is in this conference, on the field they have you know the American Conference logo on the field, but right. it's 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 like it's basically a stick. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's it's not stitched in 
into the turf. It's just it's basically painted on there. And so <laughs> they're not yeah. they they are making then you know they're not going to be in there long and good for them. They serve their year in purgatory, get out, get in, get out. And hey, it's not nothing wrong with getting there for one year and maybe picking up a championship and a conference championship in that conference and football and basketball and. Just yeah. moving on and moving on to bigger, better things. I'm, I'm excited when they move to the ACC because I grew up a Florida State fan. Oh, yeah. So it would be exciting to see them clash with them on a the gridiron every year because they're, they're in the same division. So they, they'll meet every year. And then, of course, basketball with Duke and Carolina. That's going to be something to see. I mean, yeah, to get them, get to, get them to see – Get to see him play him what twice a year. Yeah, that'd be dope. And, and in the uh, ACC tournament. And uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll be able to drag that thing, that ACC tournament, out of the state of North Carolina. Oh man, because it's always in North Carolina. It's all, it, just well, like the NCAA tournaments. Always, it's funny how it always ends up in Charlotte and Greenville every year. Well, you know, I mean, U of L is is is, uh, is a prominent team now. Uh, but but it has been for the last few years. Mm-hmm. But don't get greedy, you know. Because <laughs> Carolina, you know, Tobacco Road will have a whole lot to say about right. that. Right. Duke, Carolina, uh, State even. Yeah. Um, Wake so, Forest. You know, Wake Forest. Well, yeah, Wake Forest. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> They're good every few years. Wake Forest, Wake Forest is one of those teams. Yeah. They'll lay low for a while, then they'll pop up and have a good year yeah. every now and then. But I, I, think, I think there is works that um, – have the ACC tournament in Madison Square Garden sometime. So that would be that would be cold. Right, Literally, that would be nice. As a person who's been up to the Big East tournament a couple of times, it's it's fun. It's fun to go up there. I was I was kind of shocked. Have you ever been to Madison Square Garden? You know what? When I took the train, that's about it. I was in like the, I guess that's the basement of it. Right? Yeah, that's the that's the one thing a lot of people don't realize is like the actual arena. Where they play basketball at in Madison Square Garden is like on like the fourth or fifth floor. Right, 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 right. And they're like they're walking around. Where's Where's the garden, man? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yo, if you take the train, you're right under. Just right. Yeah, you gotta take you have to take the escalator to get up there. And then I think the floor below it is where the draft is. There's the hall, okay. the hall or whatever where they have the draft and everything else. It's all in the same building. Now, they've been saying up in New York for years, because I haven't been up to the Big East tournament since, I don't know, 06 or 07, somewhere in there, maybe 08. And even then, they were like, yeah, we're moving Madison Square Garden to the library across the street, because, you know, it's a, that huge lot that he, I think it's a federal library right across it's, the street from Madison and Square it's clo- Garden. And is it closed or is it still open? It's, I think it's still open. Okay. But they've been saying they're going to move it over there for years. Now, yeah. I know. And I love my hometown. I'm from Louisville. It's my city. And I know, but we are slow about doing everything. Right. And I never, you know, you don't anticipate New York being slow about anything, but they have no. not moved Madison Square Garden across the street yet. Don't know where that is. But anyway, it's the, you listen to the 1450 Sports Buzz. It's the weekend buzz. I'm, like I said, I'm Kendrick Haskins from Wave 3 Sports, joined by attorney at large, Brandon Lawrence. He's not oh. rocking a Matlock suit today, though. Nah, man. It's, <laughs> it's, too, it's too hot, man. It's muggy out here. It is muggy out here for October. <laughs> yeah, this, this is crazy. I got up like, should I wear some pants? I'm like, nah, man. I got I to gotta wear some shorts and a T-shirt for this mm-hmm. one, man. And like I said, we're out here at Sully's on 4th Street. I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. the first time I've been at 4th Street at this time of day. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I can't remember last time I was here when the sun was up. But <laughs> yeah, nobody. I guess we can tell everybody nobody serves breakfast right on Fourth Street. 
Right. It's, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a breakfast crowd. You know, it's not. It, it's <laughs> like I'm just waking up and think Fourth Street's kind of just waking up itself. Right. But I'm sure it'll get cracking as the day goes on, especially as, with the red-white scrimmage going on today. I'm sure people will go down to the game and then take a stroll down here to Fourth Street. And if you do that, come on down here to Sully's. they got great food, great drink specials on the weekend. So come down here and check out Sully's. There's red-white scrimmage. I know it's thing things on the forefront of everybody's mind right now. What are you looking for out there? Because like I said, I'm, I'm interested to see how Russ Smith and Chris Jones are able to play together because both of them are big fans of shooting the ball. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the whole thing, right? Because last year you had a consistency mm -hmm. or people – yeah, consistency of a point guard. Right. So – and everybody kind of is, is uh, envisioning in their mind that Russ is the shoot-first guy. Uh, <laughs> and like you said, I haven't seen this cat, Chris Jones. Uh -huh. Was it Chris T. Jones? I just Chris, know Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Because it always it already was a Chris T. Jones, like a receiver back in the day. Maybe back in the day. Maybe yeah. maybe up and be more. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you're looking to see how they how they're gonna gel, how they're mm -hmm. gonna go and, and try to anticipate. But I guess, you know, you gotta kinda be patient because mm -hmm. as it goes along, I mean it's just October. Right. You know, so yeah, everybody you wants to develop that yeah. chemistry. And, you know, this thing, that's, that's the big thing about having these scrimmages because Coach said yesterday, he's like, look, it's going to be ragged because they've only been practicing. They've only – I think they had the, just their fourth practice, official practice of the year yesterday. And so, oh, it's, wow. it's, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm not expecting too much of the offense to be installed to me, the different uh, presses and all that to be installed yet. But with the – because they have so many new faces. The one face that I think – uh, cars fans are going to enjoy and to look out for as the year goes on is Terry Rozier. Right. He's a kid. He was supposed to be here last year, had some academic issues, went to prep school last year, played that game out at um, Iroquois High School last year, and, and uh, he had 68 points in that game. Wow. <laughs> and I was at that game. And the craziest thing about it, aside from him having 68 points, is he had 13 at halftime. Wow. So he scored 55 points in the second half. And he turned up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Kevin Hart said, turn up. <laughs> but, I mean, he came down. He was firing from everywhere. The kid has wow. range. The kid's, he's, he's long. He's athletic. He's not really tall, but he's got long arms, kind of like Kevin Ware. He's got long arms. Okay. And, and, and quick note on Kevin Ware, he's clean bill of health. He'll be ready, ready to go full out basketball at, by the end of the month. And okay. that, I mean, as gruesome as that injury was to think that he'll probably be back full strength by November, December. And at this point, it'll just be getting over the mental aspect of it. Because with these injuries, that's always the first thing you got to work on is getting over the mental aspect of the injury. Coach Tino said that oh, yesterday. Yeah. And so Definitely. it's great to see him coming back out there. I mean, I'm that he's he has not looked at the injury yet. He asked Coach if he should look at it. And Coach said no. Well, yeah, I would think I would think not. Oh, you're talking about like the tape? Yeah, he oh, hasn't man. seen the he hasn't seen the video of when he shattered his leg. He hasn't looked yeah, at it. You know, I could see that. I could see him not looking at that. I, I mean, wouldn't look at it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm gonna tell you, man. I know you were there. I was, I was in there, and I was like, I had my kids with me, and I was mm -hmm. like messing with them, mm -hmm. and all I heard was like, ah, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh man, who is it, man? Because mm -hmm. everybody was like, it's a rust. <laughs> And they were like, oh, it's, it's like, oh, man. And they just, you just kept hearing it, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. But they didn't show it. No. At, at, uh, 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 at Casinko. Uh -huh. No, it was, it was at the uh, Dome, right? The yeah, Dome, they, they, right. They, they, yeah. they didn't show it. Yeah. And they, I'm they glad they did. Yeah, you, they did, because 
that was actually I was here because I was anchored because um, I covered IU to start the tournament and then I came back, held down the fort here, then went out to the final four. And they only I've I've only seen it personally twice. I wow. saw it that, that when they replayed it during the game and I saw it one other time and I and the other time I didn't want to see it then. But right. Somebody was in the office was like I want to see I want to see it. So I'm like all right here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was. One of the worst injuries I think I've ever seen, <laughs> especially wow. basketball, because you know you see those kind of injuries in football, just because especially right, amongst right. linemen. Because I'm, I'm, one yeah. sticks out to my mind is Tim Crumrod from the Bengals against mm. the Forty Niners. It was yeah. at night in what nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, it was and, early nineties. Yeah. Uh, I remember that because his leg was just kind of just like flapping in the wind. <laughs> but I that's and I saw that and, it's, and you couldn't help but your leg started hurt. Yeah, yeah and, you feel you get the sympathy pain. Right. <laughs> you like, is my leg still there? Because <laughs> I remember I was sitting there, I was sitting there, I was working, you know, you know just uh, get a little insight of how this was when we were at work. When the game is on, we're barely watching. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, we're putting everything together. So I'm putting everything together, and I just happen to look up, and I see everybody just, like, falling on the floor. And right. I'm like, what's going on? It's like – Something. I mean, you know something happened. I was like, it's going to tear something. What is going on? Yeah. And then when they, they show what happened, and I just, oh. Yeah, but, that, was, that was awful. But to see that he, he will be back, he'll be back practicing. We even had video of him a couple of weeks ago dunking. Okay. And so he's already starting to feel better. And, he you know, he hit the ground running as far as rehab and everything goes. So that's a good thing. And he's going to be back. And. They said Luke Hancock's battling a few old man injuries. And <laughs> yeah, how old is Luke Hancock? Because I remember, hold on, I remember Luke Hancock. That's the cat that was at uh, uh, George uh, Mason. George Mason. That seems like that was like early 2000. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing. <laughs> I was like, oh man, they beat they beat UConn. They beat uh, Ray. They beat Ray Allen. <laughs> <laughs> they knocked out Jesus Shuttleworth. They beat Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is with it, he's really like in. In like real life years, he's really not that old, <laughs> but, real life years. but he's well, yeah, old for college basketball. basketball. Yeah, and, and the yeah. funny thing well, is, yeah. I was up at uh, Media Day for IU uh, last, two weeks ago, and um, Yogi Ferrell and Will Sheehy for IU they played with Luke Hancock on that uh, Team USA team, right. college team that went over in, went overseas, in Russia. Yeah. yeah, and I think they came in like seventh. But uh, <laughs> they never win that thing. No surprise. But they were talking. They were talking about it, and it was so funny because they would say the same things about Luke's game that you, his U of L teammates, would say. He's got that old man game. Yeah. He's crafty. Oh, he yeah. doesn't seem very fast. Doesn't seem very quick. But then he gets past you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know he's he's a lot more athletic than he gets credit for because he has he's had a couple nice dunks during the season last oh, year. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's good athlete. Uh, great athlete. Yeah. You know. He, he takes good angles too. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's about being crappy. That's yeah, that right, old right. man game. You just yeah. know the angles and less but, energy. And he and he saved their life. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean he was like you know he's definitely the MVP. No question about it. It's good um, to see him. It's good to see him finally come. I'm, and, and the biggest question of all with U of L coming in this year is losing Gorgie Zhang. Him yeah. and Peyton Steve. I think. They say athletically Chris Jones is a fine replacement for Peyton Seaver, but that leadership that you're losing with Peyton is huge. And with Gorgie, too. One thing about Gorgie is, which is why he was one of my favorite interviews, whatever whatever you ask Gorgie and whatever his answer is, that's what Gorgie actually thinks. 
<laughs> there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's no just BSing you or just saying whatever a given coach speak. Whatever Gorgie says, Gorgie means. And as as time went on, Gorgie became more and more vocal, especially yeah, as he got more and more that. comfortable with the English language. One of the seven that. he knows. And so right. he, that's crazy, right? The it's, more it's nuts. the more and more he can't he uh, got comfortable, the more vocal he got. But we're gonna hit a break right now. Just uh, keep listening to us. Fourteen fifty zone. We're out here at Sully's on Fourth Street. Can stop by after the red white scrimmage and stop by anytime. It's fourteen fifty. The sports buzz. You're listening to the weekend sports buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at three eight four fourteen fifty. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kendrick Haskins sitting in for Carlo Kellum here on the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450. And I got attorney at large, Brandon Lawrence, <laughs> Louis yeah. Perry Mason. You're going to have people saying that, <laughs> attorney at large. I'm going to make it thick. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I'm going to yeah. see you next week. You're going to have cards, attorney at large. I, I might do that. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> but we, we out here at Sully's on 4th Street. We're going to be out here every weekend as for U of L's remaining road games, and they have awesome specials out here. They have ten dollars basket buckets of domestic beers and half price wings. Thanks to Bobby and his crew for hosting us. We like I said, we will be here remaining all U of L road games. Next one is October twenty sixth, and as you know, U of L is on the road. They kick off at twelve o'clock up in Philly, up on the East Coast, taking on Windless Temple, who is very terrible. <laughs> I expect U of L to roll through that game, and they, like I said, that kicks off at noon. UK game, UK is on the road at South Carolina. IU takes on Penn State today. Uh, Western, Western pick up a big win on Thursday at U at uh, Louisiana Monroe, and of course we have the red white scrimmage at four o'clock today at the KFC Yum Center. U of L basketball, you're defending national champions. Get your first look at the defending national champion. We also got a guest here. What's your name again? It's Chad Graham with uh, Mr. Lawrence. We do a show called Going Deep on WLOU. <laughs> on WLOU. I've been on WLOU. I yeah. grew up with WLOU. When I was a kid, I, I, I didn't know the W. I just called it 13 LOU because yeah. I, was, I was a kid and, and I, I was special. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we, last night was the big high school night, big rivalry night over in southern Indiana. Had the Jeff New Albany game. Uh, New Albany finally broke the losing streak to Jeff. And we also had the St. X Trinity game. St. X losing to Trinity for the seventh straight time. Will Wolford's first game as the head coach of St. X in that rivalry game. He, of course, he was a former Tiger, but also played at Vanderbilt and played, uh, had a great career in the NFL. And, they hung in there. I, I'll be honest with you. I thought that game was going to be a blowout last night. Uh, Charles Walker, St. X star running back, he's, he was out that game. Uh, St. X had a couple of injuries coming into the game. Trinity is coming in full strength. They've been playing national competition and holding their own. I mean, people are looking at their records, seeing that they was uh, two and three coming into the game. But they're two and three against some of the best competition in the yeah, country. Right. And so they, they came in. And my boy, Donald Brooks Jr., I went to high school with his dad. And so I was very proud to see him out there. And he, he had over 100 yards rushing, had three touchdowns, and he pretty much just took over the game. He had some spectacular plays. And if you want to see the highlights of that game, go to wave3.com, the sports page on wave3.com. 
and we we put all the highlights of every game that we shoot on on the website. We do that. We're there at one o'clock in the morning on Friday, which is why I'm kind of dragging tonight. I'm dragging right now. <laughs> but we're there at one o'clock in the morning posting all the highlights on there. So go to wave3.com and you'll have all our highlights. But it was a good game. It was a deluge before the game started. About an hour before the game, the rain came <laughs> and it was pouring out there. But luckily the uh, clouds opened up and it dried off and had a perfectly dry game once the kickoff came. But it was an awesome game. Well, I mean, football supposed to be played in bad weather. I like it on, <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I don't have to be out in it. I like right. watching it on TV. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, the days of watching it out there, once you're playing, though, it's, you know, you know how it is. It's cool. Oh, yeah, the players, they just yeah, have the ball it. out there. Sliding getting, around. Yeah, warming up before the game out there, screaming and hollering with a sport. I mean, when I say it was pouring out there, yeah. <laughs> it was there was like one cloud covering the whole Midwest, and it was right over Papa John's Cardinal Stadium last night. It's because this is God's country, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. we, need, we need to harvest some corn out there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as we're out here at Sully's on 4th Street Live. On a Saturday morning, like it's the first time I, I don't think I've ever been on Fourth Street this early in the morning. <laughs> I mean, this is, but I mean, it's you know, it's peaceful. This is yeah. nice. It is peaceful. You know, the people, it's, yeah, it's no drunks around. It's people walking around actually exercising. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. are footlockers on? Let me get him. Go down there and get Oh yeah, that's right. Hold up, the Jordans <laughs> on sale this morning. Man, next, well, next, next, they're, they're gone. Man, they're gone, man. Man, man the next time. Next time I spend two hundred dollars yeah. on some joints would be the first time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I mean, hey, I, you know what? I bought the first, well, not the first, but when they first came out, yeah, they were just like I, Air like, Force Ones, right, <laughs> with the wings on the side. The first Jordans, I'll never forget. I got my first pair of Jordans when I went well, on his rookie year, however old I was. Oh, man, it was 10, like eighty. It was, I think it's eighty-six. Yes, yeah. so I was like eleven years old. I got my first pair of Jordans. And, and people from Louisville remember the outlet. It was an outlet mall out in J Town. It wasn't very big. It wasn't even, I don't even. The only thing is as big as the Galleria. Cause this was this Fourth Street was before. Right. And I got a, my first pair of Jordan. I, I I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure those things didn't cost more than thirty five dollars. Huh? <laughs> well, I got I got cheated because mine cost like. Seventy-five, maybe. Maybe it was seventy-five, but yeah. it was it was nowhere near what it is now. Oh no, it's astronomical, and, it's crazy. right? Like now they bring that same pair of Jordans right, out and right. they charge two hundred and fifty dollars, and these fools go out and buy them. It's crazy. My man. nephew being one of them, I love him to death. But come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, he's got a closet. He's a freshman out at Western Kentucky. I mean, I went down oh, to Western okay. last year. I went down to Western last week, checked them out against Navy. And if you haven't seen Antonio Andrews, the running back from Western, you've got to check this kid oh, out. He's real deal. He, he is, is the real deal. He can take a beating and just keep going. And that game, he had 32 carries, 188 yards rushing. And he had five uh, receptions in that game, too. Had two touchdowns. That kid can play. Yeah, because Navy's good this year. Yeah, Navy, Navy was 2-0 and coming into the game. Then Western handed them their first loss of the season. Wow. And I yeah, I got it. It was the funniest thing in the world. I ran into uh, Anthony Wells' dad. Okay. Anthony, if you don't remember, Anthony Wells. He's at West? Yeah. Okay. He was a star running back at Central two years ago. Mighty and, Mike. Yes. And I think he's third all time in the state of Kentucky in rushing yards. And I saw him to his dad, at, uh, Demontre Ward, also, who was also a running back at Manuel. They're related somehow. I'm not really sure the family connection, but they're both down there at Western. Okay. And I was talking to Anthony's dad, or Ace's dad. And um, he says, yeah, I tell them to 
take note. Anything Antonio Andrews does, y'all take notes. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, whatever he does, y'all take notes on what he does. Too. And he, I mean, he's a great guy to learn from. Western has three, I think, three legitimate NFL prospects on their team with Antonio Andrews, Andrew Jackson, the linebacker, who's famously known for saying, they're supposed to be SEC. And, they, he was a, <laughs> and I think he was a freshman when he was saying that. When he's talking about Kentucky, and they oh, should have yeah. won. They actually should have won that game. That was, yeah. was the year before they beat. Kentucky and Lexington the year before they were in Nashville and Andrew Jackson had <laughs> I remember I was sitting in the office and they, he came up and he looks right at the game they supposed to be SEC <laughs> and, then, and then the uh, safety Jonathan Dowling he was, he was a transfer from Florida okay and I think last in last year's uh, upset at Commonwealth Stadium I think he had like three interceptions in that game wow and those three those three guys are three legitimate NFL players. So if you haven't seen Western play, they I don't know what happened against Tennessee where they had they literally had yeah, they literally had five turnovers in six plays. Not possessions, plays. <laughs> well <laughs> look, man, that. you go you know, that's the thing about it. That is SEC. Right? Yeah. I mean it's the environment. Right. The environment. Yeah, so, and I you think know, they you kinda, gotta yeah. Yeah, they kind of, you know, you walking out. Cause, yeah. you know, them, them taking on Kentucky while they are SEC. Now, all those kids are from most of the kids they know in the they West, they, and they yeah. know each other, you know, because, yeah. you know, Jason Hatcher played at Trinity is at Kentucky, and right. a lot of the kids from Western are from Louisville, and they all know each other. So going against Kentucky is not going against the SEC. It's going against <laughs> it's going against your homeboy from across, around the corner. Right. But right. going into Tennessee, that's legitimate SEC country. You got 100,000 people there. I think the nerds oh, yeah. got it. But Western battled back. They, Western, they cut that game to within 10 points. It's, and I think in the, maybe – not halftime until sometime in the third quarter, and then then they wore down. And Tennessee, Tennessee was able to run it down the throat the rest of the game. And Tennessee yeah. was able to pull away with yeah. it. Antonio Andrews speed was a big part of that. Too. Yeah, I mean he's he's shocked. Shock yeah, he's UK. I don't, I, I knew, and, and it's not a knock on UK. I just knew they was going to lose that game because, like I said, the three best players on the field all played for Western, and so this their first game out of the box. Now, if they played again later on in the season, I think Kentucky would probably win that game. But, like, right now, right there at the beginning of the season, I, I mean, we all – well, Kent Taylor, our sports director, now we had both predicted Western to win that game. Yeah. But I thought – and I gave – and I'm, I don't know, maybe maybe it's because I just don't have that much respect for Florida's offense. I gave UK a legitimate chance to win last week. Mm. But – they did the typical UK thing. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> the, the, fun, the funny part about it is, if I think if Driscoll would have played, they okay, might they would have had a better chance. Right. But this kid, the kid that came in, he's more. You know, they had to they had to have more balance mm-hmm. because, of course, you know they weren't going to trust him throwing right. it as much. Right. So it warmed down. But I think if Driscoll, you probably you, you obviously when you pass more. You're more apt to get interceptions, turnovers, and mm-hmm. things like that. So, but it, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it's it's rare that you say an injury may be the best thing to happen to a team because Driscoll was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I um, coming into the game, I I was saying that uh, when U of L took on Florida last year in the Sugar Bowl, I, I picked U of L to win that game because I'd watched Florida all year. Their offense was terrible all year last year. And yeah, so, <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't. They weren't like yeah. They weren't knocking people. You know, blowing people out. Right. Like I mean, that. they they I mean, they they barely beat Louisiana Monroe last right. year at yeah. home. I right. think they were down in the second half in that game. Yes, so the fact that they uh that they lost that game, that they won that game, I wasn't this. I was surprised about how well they came out, how bad they beat them, but I wasn't surprised that they won that game. 
So, uh, give us a call. What is the number? Give us the number to the three. Give us a call three eight four fourteen fifty. Feel free to give us a call. Like I said, we're down here at Sully's on Fourth Street. It got a few people walking by. People got their Starbucks coffee and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on and get a uh, what do they what kind, what do they serve in the morning? Uh, Scouts. Bloody Marys or something. <laughs> come on, we need, some, we need some Bloody Marys out here. Man. <laughs> I don't even drink that. See, I don't emotions. either. Yeah, yeah, take, 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 take the take the Mary out, or, <laughs> or is it the bloody? I don't know. Whatever the tomato is, don't put that in. <laughs> but yeah, people walking around, man, they're getting their walk on. Yeah, they're getting their exercise in. Got that Starbucks, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a coffee drinker. Uh, me neither, yeah. man. I, I mean, that's, been, yeah, it's like, but but, well, I mean, you know, you know, the joke is right. This is whatever's. I don't know what's in that. Starbucks. Uh, I mean, maybe they had some PEDs in Starbucks. Maybe that's what. Maybe that would be A Rod's defense. Right. And, and he's come up with everything else. No, this, this is my cousin. My cousin was shooting me up. Hey, come on, A Rod. You can't throw your cousin out of the bus. I saw that he's suing Major League Baseball, claiming that they purchased Tony Bosch's cooperation yeah. for like five million dollars. He's suing, but he's suing hey, everybody except the Yankees. <laughs> right, right. What's up with that? They're paying him two hundred million dollars. Right, yeah, he knows who signed this check. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, the baseball playoffs going on right yeah. now. I'm. I'm I'll admit, I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world. I'll keep up with the Reds just because some of the former bats play for the Reds. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, it's great seeing Joey Votto because I was here when Joey, Joey Votto was playing for the bats. So it's great to see him. It's great great to see. Um, BP, man. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude. That I, dude, I love BP. BP. I love <laughs> every time. Every time they interview him after the game, it's the funniest thing in the world. It's no telling what he's going to say. And I dude. love it. Remember they came. He came for the Reds caravan over at Louisville Slugger Field. I think it was year before last. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I was on the elevator with him, and him and uh, he's he's tripping with Walt Jockety. With what? <laughs> The owner of the team. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's crazy, man. He's just wild out. Yeah, him and, him and Marty Brennan was like arguing over who farted on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, but you know what, though? That's like baseball, right? That's yeah. like, that's the ultimate thing of, of, of eternally young. Hey, that's, the, that's the baseball thing, right? Yeah. And he's got the biggest smile. You see him, he loves playing. It's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, it's messed up what happened to Dusty, but. They got you know you got to move on. Dusty's one of those. He's one on. of those managers who He'll can get good. you to yeah. a certain point. He, right. He's he's never going to be just. His teams aren't going to be terrible. But right. he'll get you to a point. But just getting over that hump, I don't think he, he's going to necessarily get somebody over the hump. So. But uh, the, th- the thing about it, though, the thing about it is, uh, you know, he got people forget, man. He took. He was he was one out. Away from the World Series with San Francisco, man. Yeah. And then if it wasn't for Bartman, he, he, he would have. Moises Alou. Well, Moises Alou, yeah. When uh, Bartman, Bartman messed him up. But, man, Come that, on, that man. That still in hiding. Yeah, I think, I think, I know where he is, man. You can find him over at the St. James Festival today. <laughs> over off Magnolia. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is over there. That thing so, is so packed every year. Yeah, I've, I've been there a couple of times. It is. It is an event over there. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And there's a lot of sights to see. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, if you're they, into people watching, the St. James Art Fair is the best place to you. Some, oh, of yes. them, some of them. Yeah, there's a lot of Birkenstocks. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I thought they was. I thought they were out. Oh, no, those, they still boy, wear that. those things hurt your feet, though, man. <laughs> I <laughs> call them Jesus shoes. Gee, <laughs> you can wear them like into into perpetuity. People wear them too long. <laughs> but give us a call here. We just we just wild out here on four street three eight four fourteen fifty. The weekend sports buzz. Like I said I'm Kendrick Haskins, weekend anchor at Wave Three. I'm <laughs> sitting here with Matlock. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> Blackberry Mason. I got my uh, Sid Sucker underwear on. <laughs> TMI. Oh, what's what matter? Where can like I get one, one of those, bro? How like you know that? Huh? How, how you know that? It's behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> uh, you got, you got yeah. the DVD with the uh, director's cut. I'm, I'm a big Andy Griffith fan, you know. Um, you know, all the way back to what? Andy was Griffith. This, Andy Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Is he made a great movie. It's called, uh, I don't know. It's the old movie. It's a good one, though. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it on TMC or TC, TM, uh, yeah, TMC, TMC. Uh, uh, AMC or whatever. Yeah, one of those. I, I never was Some a big, I never was a big. Andy Griffith show fan, but I like Matlock. Yeah. I was sitting there when it was—I yeah. didn't watch it when it was actually on, but I, when it went to syndication, <laughs> like, when yeah, it went to syndication, it. I'd sit there at twelve o'clock every day. Matlock, <laughs> sitting there watching Matlock. I tell you right now, though, the greatest thing ever is every Wednesday, the Sanford and Son Marathon oh, that comes on TV One. That's hilarious. I sit there and watch that for about three hours and go to work, and I'm, I'm just on Kent. Oh, that's, <laughs> the whole that's, day. that's hilarious. That show is hilarious. I mean, my favorite line is when when Julio mm. came over to the. I mean, it's only certain things you can say what he says. <laughs> yeah, but, the stuff that they said on television <laughs> in the seventies is unbelievable. Yeah, it's like you couldn't, you couldn't possibly say it now. Nice. And we we have a, we have a call on the line. Uh, Kentucky Black. Kentucky Black. Oh, the professor. The professor. You the professor from the N one mix tour. What's up, man? What's going on, <laughs> Professor? Man, I was at Foxy Lady last Thanks night, Thanks for calling us Weekend Sports Buzz on 1450. What's going on? Man, I was at Foxy, Foxy Lady last night, man. I, I ain't had no sleep. I'm, I got a little hangover. I'm just happy I made it home. I was swerving all down through 264, man. And y'all talking about baseball and talking about Temple football. My hangover ain't going to – you need to change the subject, man. <laughs> well, what do you, you want to talk about? You want to talk about the red, white, red, white script? You want to talk about deep follow? Yeah, right. right. You, the DUI you should have got yeah, last night. Right. 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 Dirty, man. What's happening? You called it to the attorney. Hey. What's going on with you? You going to watch the game here in about an hour? Y'all just going to make my hangover even worse. We're talking about baseball and Tampa football and Louisville football, man. I, I, I just want to let y'all know. Hey, you got. Hey, you got, excuse me. I still got my hangover from last night, but I'm, I'm gonna get some sleep. I'm gonna get some sleep. But can y'all talk about the? Uh, ain't no sense of talking about football until the end of the season, man. Until the BCS. We already know Louisville's was going to the BCS. I mean, it's just no sense talking about it. But I just want to know the big game coming up next week. You got Kansas basketball, and you also got Louisville versus Kentucky, man. Uh, can, can you talk a little bit about that? Maybe my hangover go away, man. I'll hang up listen to you guys. You got a good show. All right, man. 
<laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it, Professor. Yeah, get you some sleep and, yeah, man, and a Bloody a, Murray. Hope you don't have a class this and, and, and some Gatorade. <laughs> but, you know, he's talking about U of L, UK, of course, around here. It's all everybody wants to talk about. I'm telling you, one of the players to watch for Kentucky this coming year is Julius Randle. He's he's rated second behind Andrew Wiggins, but from what I've seen from the two of them, I'm I lean more towards Julius Randle than Andrew Wiggins. But I mean, he's gonna be a heck of it's gonna be a heck of a season. You know, we'll get into that a little bit more. Give us a call, 384-1450. Please don't have a hangover when you call and talk about the D. You're listening to the weekend sports buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kendrick Haskins from Wave 3 Sports, sitting in for Carlo Kellum, who is on vacation in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, El Segundo. Now nah, I'm just messing with Carlo. El Segundo. <laughs> Dang. Hey, this is another Saturday. Hey, what's, sign it's reference. Hispanic Heritage Month. Shout out. Oh, that's right. It, I, I, that's that right. was September. We're in October. Oh, oh I'm yeah. sorry. It's Breast Cancer Awareness. Breast Cancer Awareness. <laughs> October instead of September. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where's your feet? You're supposed to be wearing your feet. I don't have any pink, on either. Pink, pink seer sucker, man. <laughs> pink seer sucker. Boxes look right. Can't go wrong, but. No, no, no. Box of briefs. That's what's, that's what's in this shit, man. Uh, yeah, we still in the TMI section. <laughs> 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 well, once again, we're out here at Sully's on 4th Street. And uh, we will be out here every remaining U of L road game for the football season. The next one is October 26th, and Sully's has got great specials during the U of L Temple game. They have ten dollar buckets of domestic beer and half price wings. The wings are off the chain. The foods out here is good. Great atmosphere, and I've been to Sully's a lot of times at night. <laughs> so come right. out here and, uh, and, and, and like I said, feel free to stop by Sully's after the red white scrimmage at the KFC Yum Center. That is at four o'clock. First chance to get to look at your defending national champion, Louisville Cardinals, in the red-white scrimmage. We, I say Coach P had his press conference yesterday, and I, I'm trying to remember what he said the lineups are going to be. I know he, Montrez and Shane are going to go against each other. Uh, Chris Jones and Russ Smith, like I said, they will be playing together in the backcourt, going against Terry Rozier and Tim Henderson. And then I think he's going to go back forth with Mango and uh, Stephen Van Trees. I mentioned Mango. Steve Mango. Methane, because they say athletically, athletically, he's about where Gorgie was when he first came in. Okay. And so I want to see him when he out there. Um, don't forget Koya Gals. You'll see him out there. I think Terry, Rogier, you'll see Terry Rogier and Anton Gill. Anton Gill is like one of the nicest kids you'll meet. I met him at uh, one of them AAU camps over the uh, summer before his senior year. And he, he's a great kid. He's a great, he's a really good player. But Terry Rozier, I'm telling you, that's one of the kids I'm looking out for. I was at that game where he scored 68 points out of Iroquois High School. And the kid has range. He's quick. I was talking to um, Perrin Johnson, who also has a show on here on 1450. I ran into him last night. Been good friends with Perrin for a long time. He's, a, he's actually been to practice. And he's said Terry Rozier had a nasty crossover in practice. I ain't going to put on blast who it was who he made fall in practice <laughs> and had him on skates, but uh, Terry Rozier, he's definitely showing up and showing out at U of L, and so it, they're going to be loaded in the backcourt. It's interesting because of the uh, the of, of recruits for next year with uh, Quentin Snyder from Ballard. He's going to go to Illinois. I just knew he was going to UCLA. He threw me a curve because I had heard the day before. He was like, oh, yeah, he's going to UCLA. And wow. He's like, he's going to Illinois. But uh, losing him and, of course, the kid from Evansville. But 
Louisville, Louisville's still going to be loaded. They're, be they're loaded in the backcourt for the next few years. Chris Jones, he has two years of eligibility. Russ Smith will be gone, of course, after this year. Like I said, you have Terry Rozier, who will still be there. You still have Anton Gill, who will be there also going forward. Um, you have – I don't know. Shane and Montrez Harrell, that's going to be the interesting debate all year long because he – what Coach said uh, at the press conference yesterday – he doesn't want. He wants to be able to play them together as many minutes as possible, but down the stretch, because he he doesn't want to get in a possible in, in a situation where he has to have Mango and Ventrese on the floor at the same time, because neither one of them really offensive offensively gifted at this point, and so he wants to have, be able to have Shane and Montrez in there. And so basically, he wants to keep them out of foul trouble, which I think is going to be huge going into the yeah. season, because that that is U of L's probably Achilles' heel is in the middle at the five spot, because you just don't know. Van Treese is he's great. He's a good hustle player. He hustles. He's he's pretty good on defense, but offensively, he, he's a lot. He can he's almost a liability because it's, it was times last year when he'd be in there and he'd get the rebound, offensive rebound, right under basket, nobody around him, and he doesn't even look to score. Yeah, he passes wow. it out, and I think he can. I think he can score. I mean, he he was a he was a really good player coming out of high school so he has to have some kind of offensive ability but he's been limited since he's been at UFL but I think him coming back last year actually was big especially when Gorgie got hurt early oh, in the season big. having yeah. Vantrese come in because Vantrese actually played well against Duke in that game and so to have him having him come back instead of well I think he I think he almost ended up at Bellarmine can you imagine Van Trees at Bellamy? Wow. He averaged 25 points a game. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> well, not for him. That'd be funny. He'd score. Big man. Uh, big man. He wouldn't go to the White House. Yeah. Right. Right. right true that. <laughs> He'd go to the governor's mansion. But shout out to Scotty Downport. Bellamy's head coach. He's buddy of mine. And they're doing big things out of Bellamy. They're doing something to their gym every year. Which is putting a big hamper in my basketball plan because we have—I don't know if y'all know about—but our media, us media guys, we get together every Thursday. Well, we were until so they started tearing up uh. the progress getting in the way. <laughs> but we would play—we would play basketball at Bellarmine at midnight on Thursdays. Midnight basketball. All of us, us media guys, me, Kent Taylor. Um, Adam Lefko from HAS, he would be out there, and Kent Spencer from HAS, and then Tom Lane, and, and, don't, and one of the best athletes in the media <laughs> is Tom Lane. You look at him, you never think it. Tom Lane is good at every sport we play. <laughs> Tom Lane, that's the at WDRB. DRB he's guy? the sports director at WDRB. <laughs> Tom Lane? Yes, he's only about five eight. Thing, but he's in shape. Oh. But he well, that's is what good he, he's at just in better shape than condition. No, but I mean he's good at <laughs> well, Kadimwe does come into play in basketball because I'm old and backs gets to hurt after about three or four trips up the floor. But Tom is good at basketball. Tom is good at golf. Tom is good at tennis. Tom is good at every sport. He's just good. And and, and I will say this because and I and it, I hate to say it, Kent Taylor is good at basketball. He can shoot, but he's a big fan of shooting. Oh, <laughs> well. But give us a call, 384-1450 on the weekend sports bus. Like I said, we're out here at Sully's love on 4th birds. Street. There's a couple of love birds walking by out here at 4th Street. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, it's the first time I've been out on 4th Street in the morning. I'm going yeah. I'm, I'm to be honest. I work basically second shift. I don't even <laughs> work until 3.30. So this is an ungodly hour. I'm only up this early doing derby 
<laughs> yeah, it's early, man. Well, we, we having fun out here and just chopping it up. Like I said, we got U of L Temple coming up at noon, and you coming over, come over to uh, Sully's, check out the game over here. Like I said, he got ten dollar buckets, the domestic beer, domestic beers, easy for me to say, and half price wings. And thanks to Bobby and his crew for hosting us out here. Like I said, we'll be out here for every road U of L game. The next road U of L game is October twenty sixth. Get, well, I want to get your opinion. A lot of beautiful people out for yeah, There is a lot of beautiful people out here. <laughs> what people are out here. It's not very many out here, but the ones out here are looking great. Yes, sir. <laughs> but I just want to get your opinion. Do you think they have a chance? If they go, if they run the table, go undefeated, blow out everybody like you're supposed to, do you think they have a chance to creep into the national championship game? No. I mean, <laughs> no. I mean, simple answer because, well, you know what? Can't say no because – the one chance that they do have is that the other top ten teams all play each other. Right. Especially, you know, you got Georgia with a loss already. Okay. South Carolina, well, South Carolina's probably out of it. Um, LSU's got well, a loss. I'm saying the SEC, they're not out of it. Well, South, well, South Carolina. They'll uh, lose. They'll lose down the line. They'll lose again. Yeah. Clem, you got to look at Clemson. Clemson's if Clemson's undefeated, no. No, and Florida State. Alabama undefeated, no. Or Florida State. Florida State. Florida State's got big one against Maryland today. That's going to be a test. That's the first team they've actually played this year. Their first good team they played. Maryland comes in the top 20, number 25 in the country. I know you're a big Maryland fan. Maryland's been good and terrible for the last few years, but they're good now. I'm a big Maryland lacrosse fan. Really? Not, not, uh, Football. I mean, they haven't had anybody. Brandon Davis. Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Lacrosse is one of those sports. It's starting. It's starting to grow here now. St. X and Trinity have played lacrosse a long time. Actually, U of L, U of M, um, Bellman both have lacrosse teams. But on the East Coast, there's somebody who is from the East Coast. It's huge. Lacrosse is huge on the East Coast. It's huge. I mean, I grew up. um, I didn't even play lacrosse, but I was like. You, you can't help but all of my friends mm-hmm. played it like third, fourth, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I was actually on the, on my high school's state championship lacrosse team like in '92, mm-hmm. and um and um. But I mean, lacrosse is like it's it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's uh, they've got professional you, you professional, professional lacrosse. lacrosse. You never mm-hmm. think lacrosse would be on TV. Yeah, it is. But, <laughs> I mean, the great Jim Brown, the great probably, oh, arguably awesome. the greatest running back in the history of the NFL, was a huge lacrosse player at Syracuse. They say he was better. Well, it's they hard to believe. Better. Yeah, they say he was better <laughs> in lacrosse than he he's was all in football. Yeah. He's all American. He's all American. Lacrosse is huge on the East Coast. But bring it back to what yeah. people care about around here. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, what are you but, talking about? But with U of L, I don't think they're going to get into the national championship game because, like, it's Georgia's already leapfrogged them, and they've yeah. got one loss. Yeah. And you know, if a Florida State, if whoever, if Florida State and Clemson, whichever one of them comes out of the ACC undefeated, I think yeah. they're going to put them ahead of Louisville. Yeah. You're not going to put them ahead of a one-loss Alabama. You're not going to put them ahead of. But one loss. If L- if LSU stays with only one loss, yeah. that means they would have yeah. beaten Alabama. You're not going to put them them ahead of of LSU. Right. And I, I and I'm a, I'm a, I'm not going to lie. I'm a huge Johnny Manziel fan. Oh yeah. And, and and if they stay with one loss, it's I don't gonna, think yeah. I don't think you can put uh, Louisville ahead of Texas A&M either. Man. But and I'm and I'm one. I'm and anybody knows me. Ohio I'm, State. Uh, and Ohio State too. Oregon. Ohio State's got a big Oregon, game with Northwestern Oregon. tonight. Oregon, Oregon, Oregon's so one of good. Oregon is and, very and, and Stanford they really also. Play. They Stanford? play Stanford. Stanford's mm-hmm. the best opportunity Oregon has to lose. But mm-hmm. coming up, they play Washington. I think. Do they play 15th. Washington? Yeah. Stanford but plays that's, Washington that's tonight. It. 
And in Alabama, they play LSU, and Alabama's going to sweep the rest of the season right. if they don't lose right. to, to LSU. So right. there, there's no way, given those facts, that Louisville gets in. They'll get a BCS they game. They, they will. will but, and, yeah. I think, and I think that – me personally, I think Louisville's going to play either the ACC champion if they don't get into the uh, national championship game, or, or they will play uh, one of the SEC. I, I, I would love to see – Louisville and Texas A&M, Teddy against Johnny Manziel. That would be cool. That would be, yeah, that would be, that would, that would be, be awesome. But we're going to hit a break right now. Feel free to call us 384-1450. We're hitting we're at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. We'll be here for one more hour. Once again, we're at Sully's on 4th Street, Street. Come on down. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome to the, back to the weekend sports buzz here on 1450, the zone. We are out at Sully's on 4th Street this, uh, this morning. And come on out to Sully's. And they, you know, we're have, they have game day specials. They're going to be here. We're going to be here every Saturday when UofL is on the road. UofL is up at Temple this Saturday taking on – the windless owls, I would expect. You know, I'd expect Teddy Bridgewater's day to be done about midway through the third quarter. But come on out here to Sully's. They got great specials. They got $10 buckets of domestic beers and half-price wings. And on the phone right now is the regular host of the show, Mike Gandolfo. He is sitting in traffic in Philly, and I can only imagine the traffic in Philadelphia at this time of day heading over to the game and just Philadelphia in general. So, Mike, what's going on, man? Not much. We were on the plane with a couple of U of L fans uh, coming in for the game, so hopefully they make it in time. I, I'm actually uh, headed towards Lafayette College. I was going to go see my little cousin play soccer, and uh, they were supposed to play Navy, and because of the government shutdown, the game got canceled. So uh, wow. the trip was already booked, so we're going to go see them anyway. And, uh, but no, no soccer game for me today, I guess. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, our government is great state of affairs we're in right now in our country. <laughs> I won't get into all of that. I want, but, I, mean, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on something you guys, I don't know if you talked about it yet, because, you know, I just literally was able to turn it on. But, uh, Kendrick, I appreciate you uh, filling in for me this week. Uh, what, what's the – have you all talked about Dusty Baker at all? I mean, three out of four uh, years, the Reds have gone to the playoffs, and uh, you get shown the door. Uh kind of remarkable to think of, uh, of the Reds even going to the playoffs three out of four years, and now the uh, the manager gets fired because they can't win an elimination game. Right, yeah. We were we were just talking about that a couple of segments ago. I, I just feel like Dusty got them to as far as he's going to get them. I don't think he can get them over that hump. I think they need to find someone to get them over that hump. But really, though, looking at the landscape, I mean, is there anybody out there that really just jumps out at you as a good replacement? I'll tell you what, my first call would be to Rick Sleep because he's managed yes. a lot of those guys at the AAA level. He's, everybody loves him, and he's won with those guys. Jay Bruce, Joey Votto, Raldis Chapman, all those guys that have been under Rick Sleep, and they all tend to love him. That would be a guy that I would think would make a lot of sense if you're going to take a risk on a hire who might be able to take you to that next level. And I know a lot of people around here would love it. He's a longtime manager of the Bats. And like you said, I mean, just about every one of those top prospects that's up at the Reds now, Rick Sweet managed right down here, right down here in Louisville. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because I don't think they're going to be able to 
I, I think the first call they're literally going to make to Tony Larusa, and I think Tony Larusa is going to tell him that he's happy. He's not going to do any, you know, he doesn't want to change jobs. And so then, what's the big name that you can really go after? I mean, Joe Madden is probably not leaving Tampa Bay. You're not no. pulling away, uh, you know, any of the big time managers anywhere. So you're you're stuck, probably taking a risk. But the names that have been kind of thrown out there. I'm not a big fan of, you know, David Bell, Chris Warren, the, who was the Cubs third base coach last year before uh, that staff got fired. And um, uh, the pitching coach, Price, is another guy that's been mentioned. Um, I, I just don't know if that's really a good fit for them either. And then they, and Jim Riggleman, who's, you know, he's, he's had his shot at the big leagues and right. it's not really, I, I don't know if that would be a, a, a positive move. Uh, to me, that's more of a lateral move, and uh, I think you almost have to take a chance and and try to go get somebody, and hopefully, uh, Rick gets the gets the opportunity because I I really think he would do a good job. I, I'm you know what I'm in I'm in that camp with you. I'm a big fan of Rick Sweet. He was always great to us when he was here. What do you think about Ryan Samber? You think they may maybe give him a shot? Well, he just got the job in Philadelphia, so I mean, he really oh, he hasn't had a. Right. So, right. you know, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if that would even be something that where they would leave after one year to to do that um, or not. So, I mean, again, and then he's, he's unproven. So, uh, you know, what's the difference between taking a Ryan Sandberg and a Rick Sweet? Um, you, I think you got a better – I'd rather have a Rick Sweet who knows the personnel inside and out already, and the transition will be a whole lot easier. That would be a very smooth transition, and I'm I'm hoping Hamilton can uh, stay. Billy Hamilton. I mean, he, he you talk about making a splash and your, your first appearance in the major leagues. I mean, he's so fast. You know, I was at a game with the bats uh, last summer where he stole third after the pitcher had already gotten the ball back. Well, and <laughs> he's incredible. And and the yeah. thing about it is that you know he he just changes ball games, and when he came up. He was running on Molina, and he was running on Russell Martin, who are two of the best defensive catchers in all of baseball. And if he, you can run on those two guys at will, you can run on anybody. And uh, it's, if his bat comes around and if his glove gets a little bit better, I mean, he's definitely going to get his chance because uh, people in Cincinnati don't know if uh, the club will be able to re-sign Sinshu Chu to come back uh, next season or not. And I, you know, if if he could get a little bit more consistent at the plate, I don't, I think it would be a no brainer yeah. to keep him. Cause I mean, if he yeah. could, if he gets on first, he's getting the second. All he needs to do is keep on laying down bunts, right? Right, <laughs> right. He makes softball with a, a, a swing bunt or whatever they call it. <laughs> He's running out of the bat about this plate. Uh, you know, until he can stop you, then get them all cheat in so much that you can slap it right right past him. But you know, you know, and he's still. He's still very much a defensive liability, especially to play center field at such a critical position in baseball. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he's only been playing the outfield for, what, a year and a half? And uh, he wasn't that great of a shortstop. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of improvement there, but you can't, you can't discount how fast the guy is, how he just completely changes the game and gets in the pitcher's head uh, when he's on the base pass. So. Okay. Yeah, he's a definite. And you know the strangest thing about it? I did a story with Billy Hamilton in the summer, and he, he told us that when he first came up, he wasn't a base stealer. <laughs> that the, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, when he first came up, it was his double-A coach, uh, uh, 
his name escapes me. He was a big time bass dealer when he was playing. He he uh he he convinced me he was like, look, you you're good at this. Go ahead and do this, and that's why he, he started selling bass. But when he originally came up, he wasn't a bass dealer. Well, I mean, not only is the guy really fast, but he gets an incredible jump. I mean, yes. he gets as good of a jump as anybody in, in the game, and it's just like by the time the ball gets to the catcher, he's you know he's. Uh, two thirds of the way there, and the guy's got no chance of throwing him out. So, uh, but yeah, he, he's a joy to watch on the on the base pass. I hope he gets together because I think he he could definitely be a big part of what the Reds are doing. And they're so close; they just need that little minor adjustment. Uh, yep. And I think having the new hitting coach will be just as important as having a new manager. Yep. Before I let you go, Mike, I red white scrimmage is coming up today. Also, you've you've seen just about all of these guys at some point. Yeah, I've been talking about Terry Rozier. I was at the at that game when he scored the sixty eight points out of Eric. What are you what are you hoping to get out of uh, red white scrimmage today? Well, I'm, I think it's all about Mango. I mean, that's what everybody needs to see because how much Louisville is uh, going to succeed this year in basketball is going to hinge on how on how ready Mango is to play and. Uh, <laughs> He's going to add the depth at the front court position, which they desperately need. I mean, having two undersized power forwards in Shane and Montrez is nice, but you're going to have to have, you know bring somebody off the bench besides Van Trees. And uh, and no one really is really no one knows what to expect out of Mango. I mean, he's kind of the unknown altogether. Now I will tell you that the kid over the summer really impressed me. We were at the uh, Indiana and Kentucky Junior All Star game at St. X, and I was sitting with Ellis Miles and Gorgie, and Mango was sitting with us and just drilling those guys with questions and asking them all kinds of things. And you could see he had gotten about 15 to 20 pounds stronger. And if, mm-hmm. if that guy comes to play this year, to me, that's really the key. They got great guards, they got great perimeter play. If they can get that one piece to kind of share up the front court, then that's, uh, that's going to be, you know, they're going to be really hard to beat. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for uh, calling in and. Hopefully you can get through that Philly traffic. I know it's got to be murder up there. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. Hey, right, thanks, later, man. Mike. Bye. Next, feel free to give us a call, 384-1450. We have one of my favorite callers from all the other radio shows I listen because I'm a sports dork. I listen to sports radio, sports talk radio all day long. One of the biggest IU fans you will ever find, the truth. Truth, what's up, what? man? You know, I don't need no introduction. The people in 4th Street laugh why they call it live because truth have been there on 4th Street live. Make your liver quiver. Make the girls get down and holler the kid up down the mic. Let me tell you something. He's down in Philly eating these Philly cheesesteak and drinking that Teddy Bridgewater muddy water. Teddy Bridgewater going to put up big numbers tomorrow. How y'all doing this morning? Truth, I've heard you on just about every radio show in town. It's the first time I've actually been hosting when you actually called. I feel honored. I'm like, I'm being graced by your presence, man. Let me tell you, son, I am so glad that you're you're moving on. You're doing great things. I heard great things about you. I ain't never met you. I appreciate it, man. What's going on with your Hoosiers, man? What they going to do this year in basketball? I went up there to media day. Last week, and they needed name tags. I mean, outside of Yogi Ferrell and Will Sheehy, I mean, it's pretty much the only people that was there from last season. I'm, I'm glad you say so. I'm glad you finally going to the great broadcasting school at Indiana University. <laughs> just, just look on, just look on ESPN. The pretty girl, she went to Bloomington Broadcast School. 
Yes, she did. She is very <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you something about my Indiana basketball team. People don't want to give me no love. But that's, that's why they call me the truth, because I'm the truth, real lover. The real lover, the Indiana basketball team is better than they was last year. They so. Uh, reason, that, reason you know, about the uh, young talent coming in? They got some talent coming in. They do have Eric Gordon brothers coming in, and they got some talent coming in. Here's what people fail to realize. I said this last year, what cost us not win the national championship. We didn't have big guards, and then we only had Cody Zeller, and then the other freshmen didn't develop in Peter Jerkins. They did not develop in the nine games hurt them, they did not develop into the players that Tom Cream thought they would be. But this I'm big on Hannah Perea coming into this season. He, he, he didn't get to play that much last year. He, he, I saw him. He's, he's, did, he's put on some muscle. I, I'm excited to see what he can do because I saw him playing in AAU ball. I think he's going to make an impact this year. What do you think, True? I think, too, but I think the two key things at Indiana University, and I told him he'd be the second best player ever played at Indiana. Jeremy Holloway. If, if he can get out of that shell, it seemed like he was just about a little bit in a shell last year. He can, you can see flashes every now and then, and it seemed like he, he needed a little bit of a confidence boost last year. You know what I think his problem is? He's 6'8". He can play four, four different positions, but in college he can play five positions. But I think he needs to go and put him at small forward and let him be the Reggie Miller because he can light it up. And I'll tell you who's the key, another one, and people going to love him at Indiana. The uh, the big boy out of Wisconsin, I'm just waking up. Uh, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah, waking they've up. Got, they've got some talent up there, True. You think they're going to be better? I mean, last year's team was good. I mean, they, oh, yes. they felt oh, Syracuse. Yes. I think Syracuse's zone kind of caught them off guard. But, I mean, that that was a really good team. Like, they was number one most of the season. But you know what? Let's be. I'm gonna be honest with you. Cause college basketball was down last year. We right about really, that. But you know, I'm just gonna get honest with you. Now, I love Indiana University. I love that's my school. But I, I knew that we had the talent to win the national championship. But we, if let's be real, Indiana guards, if they didn't have nobody to take the ball to the rack, as Victor Oladipo and Kristen Watson, he show up when he played against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's, Christian, and Christian was at, always he was he was up and down a lot. That's what I'm black. saying. But if you look at the players on the team who they brought in, you got guys can play big guard, small forward, and but they like six six, six five, six seven. It's gonna make a difference. Syracuse was going to the rack. We didn't have nobody can handle the paint, and Cody Zeller only could do. And Victor Oladipo, we don't need to talk about him. He's defensive player of the year. But I'm gonna leave y'all with this. I'm, I got some uh, yesterday. I called Bloom to Indiana. Indiana uh-huh. could have. They say Indiana could have the number two or number three recruiting class because they there's things going on on the the table that some people that we don't think going to Indiana <laughs> supposed to be going to IU. Mm-hmm. On the table. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, you're gonna be excited with your boy Troy Williams. Troy Williams is a heck of a player. I'm talking about Trey Lyles. You think, he's gonna, you think he's going to come back? Because he originally committed. You think he's going to – I'm just going to throw it out. It's supposed to be Trey Lyles, the boy from Oklahoma, 
uh, possibly come to Indiana. I, I think good luck, a look, uh, uh, pos- yeah. and and them it pos- and then now they talking to James Black. Indiana could have five players uh, uh, be coming next year. Blackman and Lyle originally committed in back in middle school, I think. I know early high school. Then they decommitted. You think they're gonna come back? Uh, there's, uh, I'm just throwing it out there. They're saying that. Okay. And then, okay. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there. So if they do come, you know, you heard it from the truth. Heard it from the truth. <laughs> truth. Thanks for giving us a call, man. You have a good day. All right. That was the truth. The, the, the one truth. and only the truth. He's the biggest IU fan in the history of sports talk radio. Wow. But IU's got IU does have a good team. I looked up their roster real quick. If you got you got Peter Jerkin who had to sit out last year. He's seven foot. You have uh, Noah Von Lays coming in this year. He's a freshman. He's six ten. I mean you got some size up front this year. And so but I, but uh Trey Lyles, I don't I don't think he I don't think he's gonna end up I, I, once you because once a kid decommits from a school, yes yeah, it's, it's uh, really pretty much but, no going but you're back. Talking under the the table. You're talking under the table. You're talking under the table. Truth got his ear to the street, so anybody knows this is gonna be the truth. Jeez, but feel talk. free to give us a call here at three eight four fourteen fifty. We're up against a break. We're out here at Sully's on, on Fourth Street. We'll be here every Saturday during U of L road games to so stop by we got great specials. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm filling in this weekend. I am Kendrick Hassens from Wave 3 Sports Weekend Anchor over at Wave 3. I'm sitting here with Matt Locke. <laughs> He's taking care of some business right yeah, now. Man. We're out here at Sully's on 4th Street. Be sure to come by here for the game day specials. We'll be out here every Saturday for UofL Road Games. UofL is on the road. Game kicking off at about an hour and a half at 12 o'clock up in Philadelphia as UofL takes on Temple. We got great drink specials out here. $10 bucket of domestic beers and half-price wings out here at Sully's. And we will be talking to Shayna, uh, out here at Sully's here in a few, and she's going to come out here and tell you all the specials we got going on out here. And we're just chopping it up. You know, you got UofL coming up, uh, UofL taking on Temple at noon. You got UK taking on South Carolina today, IU taking on Penn State. And you have the red-white scrimmage at 4 o'clock at the KFC Yum Center, your first chance to see the defending national champion, U of L basketball team. We had the regular host of the show, Mike and Doffel, on just a few minutes ago. In my last segment, we was talking about what to expect, and he's and he's you know he had the same thing everybody else said. The question mark is in the middle with with Mango. With what's he gonna do, Mango? And then I also put Van Treese in there because Steve yeah. Van Treese most likely is gonna get to start to start the season. I think I think starting five to start the season will probably be. And you know, it's Rick Tino, you can never tell. But, he, no, but, no. but I think it would probably be Chris Jones, Russ Smith. Uh, he says he says he's going to revolve Shane and Montrez and start starting. Some games Shane will start, some games Montrez will start. I think you you, you got to want is it, will it be Luke starting at the three or Wayne Blackshear? Because I've heard Wayne Blackshear has shed some of that baby fat that he had gained. And um, so then maybe he gets it oh. started at the three. And then you had the man, Stephen Ventris, most likely is going to start the five to begin the season. We'll see as it goes on how Mango progresses. They say he's already put on some muscle in the offseason. So I've never seen the kid play. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's got to be, it's weird, though. How could you not, I don't know who they played first game, but 
how could you not start Shane and Montrez, Montrez together with the lack of experience right. that they had? Well, Vantrese has. Vantrese is a senior. He hasn't been. But it's, uh, I think it's more and, of a foul trouble thing. He wants to keep, yeah. keep them out of foul trouble. Like, see, he, don't, he doesn't want to have a uh, situation where he's stuck with having to have Mango and Vantrese on the floor at the same time too often because both of them are kind of offensively challenged. And so you're basically when you come down on offense, you're playing three on five. And that's, that's never a good thing. But the interesting thing I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about coming on this season, you know, all the talk when we come in the basketball season, always around here is going to be the cats versus the cards. I'm I'm bullish on Julius Randle. I I think that kid is going to be either the number one or the number probably the number two pick in the draft. I think Andrew Wiggins has already got the number one pick sold up, no matter what he does in college. But after that, after him, you meet the Harris. And twins are getting a lot of it's all you hear is the twins are coming the twins are coming my thing with them <laughs> the twins are coming my thing with them is i just wonder when they when they going against like going against uofl at the end of the day you're gonna have a freshman guard right. trying to guard russ smith and right i mean it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be the same thing. i mean it's youth versus and it's youth versus experience mm-hmm. and russ smith is just is probably well definitely just as good as athlete, um, uh, more not experience. As, not not as big. He's small, well, but I mean he overcome, he's more experienced. I mean he's overcome he's, that. He's, I'm, I'm, he's quicker, yeah. and he go. I mean he's gonna draw fouls. He's gonna draw fouls on on the guards. He's gonna draw fouls on the big men. Right, in the right. The, the thing is, where Kentucky's gonna have the upper hand is is down low because you got Willie Colley Stein in there. You um. You're gonna have I'm saying you got Alex Poitras who can play the three or the four. You They'll got, have it, man. You got Julius Randle going in there, and uh, they got a couple other guys in the middle who can go in there and get some minutes in the middle. So they're gonna be. I, but I mean, you looked at me like I was crazy when we was talking about it off air. There's going to come a point in the season where they're gonna miss Kyle Wilcher because <laughs> Kyle Wilcher he can fill it up from deep. He's a he's a sharp shooter. He reminded me a lot of Scott Paget when he was at Kentucky because Scott can shoot. And he's autom he's automatic from three. And you know, when you have that much inside, and you have you have guards can penetrate who can penetrate, yeah. your team's gonna team's gonna zone you. You oh, need yeah. somebody, and you need a zone buster. Yeah. They really if somebody can emerge, and they say one of the Harrison twins is a great shooter. I, I'm, we'll see because they're more they're more known to be slashers. They can shoot. I have seen them shoot. They can shoot, but it's to be that automatic from beyond the arc like Kyle Wilcher was because Kyle Wilcher kept him in the Louisville game. They're, yeah. they're going to miss – there's going to be a game or two somewhere during the season. It's not going to be every game, but it's going to be a game or two where they're going to they're gonna miss Kyle Wilcher being – they're going to hate it that he's out at Gonzaga. Yeah, you're going to miss – you're going to miss him. And, and I, I agree. I was messing – I mean, I still don't think, you know. <laughs> you can't guard a tree. We know <laughs> can't, that. Can't guard a tree. It takes him all week to set up for a shot. <laughs> You can set up. You can set your camera up before you set <laughs> before you sets up a shot. But like you said, that's a great point because what are you going to do when you can't get to the cup? What right. are you going to do when when you when you got to play that half court mm-hmm. offense and run mm-hmm. sets and get that shot? Who's going to be the person to take the shot? And I don't know. Do we know where UK? Who's going to do it? You know, you mm-hmm. got the middle. You know, down low is pretty mm-hmm. solid. Yeah. But who's going to make that 15, 12 foot jumper? Consistent. Right, right, and and that's where Harrison Twins come on. That's what they're expe- they're expected to do. But yeah. of course, it's still the unknown. You don't know. They're freshmen. You don't know how the Eagles are gonna mesh because I mean, every 
of course they say everything's fine now. Everything's fine now. There's no pressure on them now. The season right. hasn't started. Right. When 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 ish gets real. <laughs> when, when it hits the real fan, baby. When when who's gonna step up and, win, and will will they all be able to mesh? Because that was the problem last year. Because regardless of what they want to say, you have there was th- there's three first round picks that was on last year's team that right. lost to Robert Morris in first round of the NIT. Wow, and, and, <laughs> that's crazy. And I know a, a lot of my friends at Kentucky fans wow. they do they will not admit that John Calipari did not do a good job coaching last year, but he didn't. He, did. he had too much talent to them, for them to go out fun. the way they did. But <laughs> he didn't at all. But they, but this team, they, I mean, they're saying there's so much pressure on them because of they're saying this is the best. They're saying they're better than the Fab Five. Oh, All of that stuff. I'm like, let's play. That's right, just that's right, the, right. the times now. Anything anybody sees right now is the best thing that's ever happened, <laughs> no matter what it right. is. I mean, yeah, because you got. And that's the funny thing about it. You got to hype up. Um, the new and you know you got to hype up what's coming in because who do you, you don't have any teams that are like yo we got this team right here it's got four seniors right. or five seniors you don't it's have not that like anymore it's not like that mm-hmm. so you got to hype up like you know the the new the new kid on the block I mean the two teams that have the most experience coming in this year will be Michigan State and U of L and there will be those two teams we will be top five I think Michigan State Michigan State might be they, I think that because Kentucky and Michigan State play first game of the season. I think Michigan State wins that game okay. just because you know, they have the experience. It's, I mean, they have not only experience, they have good experience. Right. And yeah. It's first do. game of the season. UK still has, you know, things. They'll still have things to work on. They'll still be learning each other at that point. But going now, going on into March, and Kentucky just like supposed to, I think I would take Michigan. I think. Kentucky over Michigan State as the season goes on, but that first game of the season, a lot of Kentucky fans talking about forty and zero. They're they're not going forty and zero. Forty and zero. Oh yeah. That's not going to happen because they have Michigan State, they have Carolina, which I don't know what Carolina's going to be next year. And you also have U of L at Rupp Arena. That game, that I mean, there's going to be so much talent on the floor for that's that game be between UK's freshmen and you. You got Russ Smith, you have Chris Jones. There's a guy I've been talking about all day, Terry Rozier. They got some talent out there. So that UK U of L game is going to be so much. It's probably going to be as talented of a game between those two, between UK and U of L on the floor at one time. I mean, I, I can't wait to go to that game. That's going to be a dope game. I mean, it's going to be you know, it's going to be nice up in those bleachers. <laughs> Why do they still have bleachers here, bro? A lot of arenas still have bleachers. Which one? Old ones. Oh, <laughs> okay. we're spoiled. Spoiled here in Louisville because everything Louisville does has chairbacks. They got chairbacks in softball games. Yeah. <laughs> everything is chairbacks in U of L. But yeah, so Rupp Arena does stuff. still have bleachers. Commonwealth Stadium is 90% bleachers. But hey, they filling it up. It's going to be, and you know, U of L, we got talked to Tom Drews about it before. They, they could have put more seats in the structure that they have after when they. Redid when they added the uh, level on at Papa John's Carter Stadium. Right. If they'd have done bleachers, you know, because uh, that's yeah, why, yeah. Got, like in Ann Arbor, you get a hundred thousand, you can get a hundred thousand seats in there when they're all bleachers because you give them about that much room. Right. <laughs> we need more room these days, man. <laughs> yeah, you gotta stretch. I mean, but Tom Jersey, I mean, I, I, everybody knows Tom Jersey is arguably the best, if not, is one of the best, if not the best ads in in the country. And the growth that's out there is as someone who grew up in Louisville, 
to go on campus now, everything is new. I mean, even where the Yum Center is, where the practice facility is now, it used to be in and uh, the baseball field and weeds. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so the growth that's on Floyd Street. Right, right, right now, you go down Floyd Street, traffic's tied up because they're doing more renovations on out there. And so, I mean, the job he's done and what's going on at U of L is very impressive. I mean, you got to kind of worry a little bit. I, even though, from what, what little interaction I've had with Mr. George, I don't think he would leave. But the Texas AD job is open. Texas AD, they say USC may be open. Well, um, the AD's not the coach. Well, coach positions. Open. Somebody the said the AD might, away. man. He ain't going. He, they you just hired him. He's only been there a couple of years. Yeah, the way they fired Lane Kiffin. The way he fired Lane Kiffin is the funniest thing I've heard, especially because it was cool. especially because it was Lane Kiffin. And I, I don't like Lane Kiffin, but the way they because what he inherited with them being having scholarship and right. probation and right. all that. And that's where that was one of the things I used to argue with IU fans about when it early, you know, a couple of years ago when they was really getting on Tom Crean. He ain't done this. He ain't done that. What did he inherited? Yeah. He inherited basically a team full of walk-ons. They're on probation. There's only so much he can do. I mean, you, you got to give coaches time. And like these days, you know, you used to give a coach four years. Then it went to three. It's been three for a while. But now it's kind of sliding to two years. You don't, you don't see something in two years. People's gonna be. You might. You, you might be seeing a pink slip coming. Well, I mean, they're paying, they're paying them too much money to not get results right. right off the top. And you got, you know, and then from what you heard with Kiffin, he just treated people bad. Yeah, I, he got fired more for being a jerk than he yeah. did for his coaching record. They they say he was. <laughs> they say he yeah. was a trip around. It's hard to root for a guy when um people don't like him. Right and. That guy has got to be the luckiest man in the oh, world. Man. I wouldn't be surprised he got fired this at USC guy's... and he ends up ends up coaching Dallas or something. <laughs> you get well, it? His you dad's know? in Dallas, and so maybe he'll be in Dallas. Right. You well, know? his dad even got away from him. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, hey, that's, yeah, that kid, he's, uh, you know. We also, you know, we – we haven't even we haven't even touched on it a little bit, but you also got the NFL Sunday coming up. Cowboys, baby. You got our Cowboys taking on Denver. I mean, you both said I would not be surprised if Dallas did pull the upset. If they did, it would be like forty-two to forty because <laughs> well, Dallas's defense isn't stopping anybody, and they're definitely not stopping Peyton Manning. Well, look, we're on top of the <laughs> NFC East, and that's by default. By default, <laughs> but here's what I, here's the thing: you can talk. We're going to talk about the Cowboys. But you can't call into this show unless your team is 500 or better. So no Pittsburgh Steelers. No, no Steelers. <laughs> no Giants. Knock, knock. <laughs> Who, who's here? Oh, 0 oh and 4. Uh, no Steelers, no Giants, no Redskins, no Philadelphia Eagles. Who else? Uh, Who would have thought that Kansas City? Kansas City. Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City would be calling in. That's great. Kansas City's turn. That, that AFC West. Miami, with the exception of the Raiders, Miami's Miami's gonna fall off. <laughs> <laughs> with the exception of the Raiders being the second worst team in the league, <laughs> that AFC West, oh, you have, when you have Kansas City, Denver, and San Diego, uh, yeah. that's that's gonna be a tight race coming it's down tight. the street. You know, San Diego's gonna fade though. San, yeah, it San Diego do. always does fade. I I like Kansas City because I like Alex Smith. Man, he's legit. Me forget that he was doing he's he legit. was doing a very good job before he got hurt and Colin Kaepernick took over yeah. at San Francisco. But I, I've always liked Alex Smith. He always got a raw deal because he's had I think he's been in the league what seven years and had like seven different offensive coordinators. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
he's always when you constantly learn a new system, and people don't realize how intricate the offensive system is in the NFL and when football, even in high school now, is it's so intricate and so much. It's, it's a lot to go on. I say I, I've always liked um, Alex Smith. They've got Jamal Charles at running back. You have Dwayne Bow at receiver. The defense, defense is coming. Oh, and yeah, and, and, and you know, yeah, and that's one of the hidden things about Andy Reid's teams in the past is. You know, you always pay attention to his offense because he's offensive, but he's always had tight defense. Yeah, he's 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 a defensive guy. I mean, he's an all around guy, but he's one of those guys. He's definitely around. He's like a Dusty Baker guy. <laughs> he can get you. He gets you so far to a point, and it's yeah. like you know. But Kansas City's got their expectations. Yeah, are kind of low. So he's he'll be, he'll they've be been good. down. They've been down yeah. for a while. But they've got. They probably have the second or third loudest stadium oh, in the yeah. league behind Seattle and New Orleans. As I mean, they definitely have a home field advantage in Kansas City. It's a tough place to play. Dallas still blew that game. They blew it. They <laughs> but blew that's it. that's the inconsistency of the Cowboys. And they they've been five. They're five hundred over the last what ten years. They're exactly right at five hundred. So I've gotten I've gotten used to the me- mediocrity when they win. It's like <laughs> yay. When they lose, it's like how do they? That's one thing they rarely team. get blown out, which is so funny that they they rarely get blown out. They're in every game, yes. and they come up with new and inventive and exciting ways to lose. Yeah, they'll find a good way to lose. They make it look pretty. <laughs> but we're going to head to a break right now. Like I said, we're the weekend sports buzz here on 1450. We're out here at Sully's on 4th Street. Make sure you stop by. We'll be here for every road game. The next one's on October 26th. $10 buckets of beer and half buckets of domestic beer and half price wings. Come on out here and join us. You're listening to the weekend sports buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln buzz line at 384 1450. Welcome back to 14. Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm sitting in today. I am Kendrick Haskins from Wave Three Sports, and I'm sitting here with the Louisville. I'm not. I'm not gonna call you the other dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna call you Perry um, Mason. My man Brandon. Yeah, yeah. We're we sitting here. We chopping up here. Foley, uh, Sully's on Fourth Street. Come on by on on game days on road games. Whenever U of L is on the road, we will be here. The next one is October 26th. They have great game day specials during the U of L Temple game which kicks off at noon, so about an hour and 15 minutes from now, at $10 buckets of domestic beers and half-price wings. And once again, thanks to Bobby and his crew for having us out here. And like I said, we will be out here for all the remaining UofL road games. And we want you to get involved. It's always a better show when you get involved. Get us called at 384-1450. And heard from my man, The Truth, the biggest IU fan on the planet. And he, he says this year's team, Will be better than last year's Sweet 16 team. I I can't see the team went to the team won the Big Ten last year. And that was tough. The Big Ten conference was yeah. tough last year. Yeah. As, but he says it. Let's say I use got some because uh, I'm I'm big on Yogi Ferrell. I think Yogi Ferrell is an excellent point, and he's an excellent leader. And they all yeah, say, and he's only a sophomore. I joke around with him. I was like, did you ever think you'd be the old man on the team as a sophomore? <laughs> and he he crack up laughing. But uh, and then Will she he's back and he's he's an excellent leader as well. So they've got some leadership, but those two guys are just a, a thing of getting the young guys to get together and to buy into the system. And same thing at Kentucky with yeah. all the freshmen, all the new faces they got there, and with the Harrison twins and you know, saying they got blended with Alex Poitras and Willie Colley Stein and U of L's got a lot of new faces. Also, U of L's looked at as having a lot of experience, but they do. 
have some young guys out there, some new guys coming in with Chris Jones and Anton Gill and uh, Terry Rozier and Mango Methane. He's been around the around the system, but he hasn't played yet. Right. And so they they also working in some new things too. And so we'll get our first chance to see them this afternoon at four o'clock at the KFC Yum Center in the their first of three red white scrimmages. The first one is today and. After, after after that game, come on by Sully's. I mean, you know it'd be cracking tonight. It's always cracking on Saturday night. But uh, come back and listen during the game today. Come by and watch the game today at noon, and it's on ESPN three. And, and I think it is broadcast on local television, but it's on my competitors, so I'm not gonna say who it is. But <laughs> if, if you get um, and did you, did you tell them if you mention if you mention Kendrick Haskins or fourteen fifty, they'll give you free water. <laughs> That's about all I'm worth is water in a bus pad. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, it, it'd be I'll be interested to see how um what what how Russ Smith adjusts to the role of leader this year. And on you know, you know he's vocal, you know he you, you know he you know he shows up, mm-hmm. but he's he's the elder statesman. Right. This is last year, everybody knows it, and he's got a group of young guys that he's got a you know, galvanize, get mm-hmm. together. I'll be interested. And he's like, you know, I don't know who else is more of a leader than him. He's yeah. got to, he's the guy. Him, him and Luke, him and Luke Hancock yeah. will definitely be the leaders on the team. Luke, like I said, Luke will not, according to Rick Pitino, yesterday. Because <laughs> he always got to take Rick Pitino's injury reports with a grain of salt. According to Rick Pitino, Luke Hancock will not play in any of the three red-white scrimmages they have this year. He's battling of uh, ankle injury. Hey, that's Teddy Bridgewater right there. On television, have <laughs> ankle injuries and an Achilles injury, and so and apparently I don't, no one knew this, but apparently he's been battling those injuries since late in last season. So when he went off in the national championship game, he was battling injuries then. But with Luke, you can't tell because he has that old man game. He's not exactly fleet of foot. And so you really could tell that he had an ankle injury going on. But he will not be playing in the uh, three red-white scrimmages. But we will get our first look at Chris Jones, our first look at Mango Methane. And we'll also see, like I said, we'll get to see Russ Dickulous again. And I've seen Russ around town. Russ has put on a little muscle okay. in the offseason. He's getting ready. He's getting ready. And, you know, talking to him, he's, he's, I think he's, 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 he's grasping the leadership role. We, we talked to him over the summer because they actually had him. He was UofL's representative when they had the uh, car. They had the car with the UofL paint scheme at the Kentucky Speedway for the okay, uh, okay. Quick State 400 out there back in July. And um, we talked to him then. He's, he's excited about being a leader on the team. And But one thing that uh, Coach Patino was talking about yesterday in his press conference is Russ has to learn that less is more. He's like he's, he says he wants he comes down on a break he wants him to make the simple pass like he called it the hockey assist where you know he passes to the guy who passes for the assist instead of you know always him come down and try to break someone's ankles because right. you know Russ can put somebody on skates but he doesn't have to do because if he wants to make it to the next level they're gonna he's not gonna be able to break everybody's ankles at the next level so they want him to show that he can and you know Russ can pass. Russ, can he? he can pass. He does have he 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 has good court vision. And Russ okay. is, Russ has a very high basketball IQ. Oh, he yeah. doesn't get a credit for the basketball IQ he does because he has because he is reckless. He will go in there and do it, but it's not because he doesn't have IQ. He's just he he's just so confident. He's ultra confident, ultra competitive, and he feels he can score on anybody. And he pretty much can. I had this argument with 
Herb Crook, actually, former U of L forward Herb Crook. Superb Herb. <laughs> superb Herb who had had that jump shot from behind his head. But <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I, he, um, but he was saying, I'll wrestle on BS Run. And we was watching something. I can't remember which game it was. And he's like, I'll Ruskin. I'm like, have you not watched the game? <laughs> like, Ruskin going there and score on anybody. And, uh, I'm excited to see uh, Russ Dickles again. And let's like, see him and Chris Jones in the backcourt together. And also Terry Rozier is somebody that I'm keeping an eye on. And Anton Gill, Anton Gill one thing that worries me about Anton Gill is he seems like he's injury prone already. When I, went, when I saw him at the camp I saw him at the summer before his senior year, he was sitting out for an injury. He's and he is injured. He's injured coming into camp at U of L. So I'm I'm hoping he's not injury prone. I'm hoping it's just you know just coincidence. But if he's at U of L and you know U of L's history, everybody gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> everybody has some kind of yeah, injury. Man. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it, it, they run a lot down there. Yeah, and you know, and you know, we're sitting here talking. Who's hysteria was last night up at up in Bloomington? Okay. I didn't get to see any. I was at the Saint X Trinity game last night and. I said, Donald Brooks Jr., watch out for him. He's a junior running back at Trinity. Had three touchdowns last night for Trinity against St. X in that game. As Trinity won that game 26-17. And Donald Brooks Jr. took over that game because Reggie Bonifant, the, you know, the UofL commit. Yeah. First first half, he was a little slow. Good start. I think there was a little bit of nerves there because it, it was his first start in the St. X Trinity game, in that rivalry game. So he was a little bit slow getting started. But, man, that kid has an arm. And he 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 put a couple of passes. I mean, right on the money in the right. second half. And Trinity was obviously the better team. Trinity's gonna win state again this year. But the team to watch, you know, in high school football a little bit. The team to watch is undefeated male. They're all sophomores. They're all sophomores and juniors. They have Ellis Kane at running back. And they have Keon Wakefield at receiver. Those two and and a slew of other sophomores. As freshmen, they went through freshman ball. They went undefeated. They blew out San Andrew. Wow. <laughs> and freshman bombs. So all those freshmen are sophomores, and all of them are playing right now. And they're, they're a team to keep an eye on. They male plays at St. X this Friday, and then Trinity also plays Manuel. Manuel's undefeated too. They're six and zero also. And so we're hitting hitting in the district play. It's, it's hard to believe it's already October. It's crazy. <laughs> we're hitting in the district play, and another game. Keep your eye on. I think it's not this week. I think it's the following week. Christian Academy and DeSales down in uh, two-way. Those two teams are blowing out everybody. DeSales has a running back, Dylan Bird. He's already won our touchdown Friday night player of the week twice. And he, he I heard, I mean, I'm hearing he's getting he's getting looks from Harvard. Oh, so, okay. the, so the kids are also getting it done on, in the classroom too. And so those, those games right there, DeSales, Christian Academy, I think that's next week. And then this week you have – Male St. X and Manuel Trinity. Things are heating up in high school football around here as we're heading into district play. But feel free to give us a call, 384-1450. Like I said, we're down here at Sully's. It's people starting to show up down here as we get closer to noon. And stop by Sully's. Listen, we had the game day specials. During the UofL Temple game, $10 buckets of domestic beer and half-price wings. And come out here and have a good time. We'll be out here. 1450 Sports Buzz will be out here. Every road game at U of L is on the road, and um, the next the next road game is October twenty sixth, and 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 of course we have the beautiful people walking by out here on beautiful Street. people, <laughs> which is always a good thing. It's always a great view on Fourth Street. This is the first time I've had this view when the sun's up, 
But it's raining. Is it raining out there? Is it raining? It is raining out there. Well, still come out. You're under a roof. You know, old gallery roof out here at Fourth Street. So you stay dry. Just come on out here, park in the parking garage, and walk on in. You know, you you straight. So come on out here. The U of L and Temple kicks off at noon. I'm thinking that you'll see Teddy Bridgewater for a half and maybe a, a possession in the third quarter. Maybe half of the third quarter. Just depends on how things go. And a funny stat I, I looked up over the week last week. UofL played Florida International team. They beat 72 to nothing in their last game. They had Florida International had the absolute dead last worst offense in the country. Guess where Temple's out of 123 teams? Guess where Temple's offense is right? Second to last, 103. <laughs> so I don't think right. UofL's defense is gonna have too much to worry but you about. You know, I'm gonna tell you, man. Is 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 a is a, 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 a caveat or whatever. You the defense U of L's defense hasn't been tested, right? There's no that's no surprise. And that's no secret. Mm-hmm. What I would look for today, I mean, if you want to look for something, you know, mm-hmm. key on the discipline of the U of L defense. Mm-hmm. Are they keeping contained? Um, are they in their assignments? Mm-hmm. You know. And that's I think because that's gonna be something that they're gonna have to do going into Later in the season in the yeah. BCS thing. Yeah, because you, you, you got that key Rutgers game coming up on Thursday night. Central Florida, man. Central Florida coming up. Central Florida, who almost knocked off South Carolina, who Kentucky takes on today. Then they almost knocked them off at home, right? No, it was in Central Florida. It's it was Central down in Orlando. Okay. okay. Central Florida is coming. They knocked off Penn State at Penn State. So, but, yeah. um, Kentucky, Kentucky takes off South Carolina. Uh, Connor Shaw, South Carolina quarterback, who got hurt in that game against Central Florida. Yeah. We'll, then, st- we'll start today against Kentucky. And the running game. South Carolina's running game is too strong. The running game and, and of course, the Davion Clowning against that offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to see me. And with Kentucky, you know, the thing is we haven't, we haven't really touched on them much. But their offense, they want to do this air raid offense, which I think Maxwell Smith is better suited for the air raid. Okay. But the offensive line, the way the offensive line is performing, right. Jalen Whitlow actually is better with what they have right now because he can scramble, but he can't yeah. throw. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, what do you, yeah. what do you do? But I think it's at a point that Kentucky has to settle on quarterback. I think yeah, Coach that, Stoops that, is that, to the point where he's like, okay, yeah. we, we, I'm done with two quarterbacks. That two quarterback, quarterback thing is dead, man. I mean, right. Spurrier did it. Yeah. Um, it's somebody else. It's another major team in college football that does it. But they, Spurrier did it. Notre did a little bit last, uh, and then they settled on goals. And Urban, and right. Urban Meyer. Did it yeah. at Florida, but you know, I had this conversation. Hey, yeah, he did it with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. It wasn't exactly, right. <laughs> you know, he had two good quarterbacks. And so, we, we had, oh, wow, that's almost 11 o'clock. We almost had a couple 11, more minutes man. to go. We, you know, time goes fast when you're out here chilling. And, time goes and, quick, and, man. But, um, but, but getting back to Kentucky, they, they've got to settle down on a quarterback. And the, but the thing is, you can see the future, though. Because the best players, the ones who are out there playing the best right now are the young guys, the freshmen that right. came in. And I don't know what the deal is, why JoJo Kemp doesn't get the ball more, but he is by far their best running back. He is their home run hitter. He can bust a big play at any point. He needs to be seeing the rock more. And I, I think you might see him. He probably will get the ball more because they're going to have to Just run, run it. Yeah, they're just run, run the ball. Hits. He, there's every bit of the possibility to see another hit like the Michigan game from today beyond clowning today. <laughs> but, 
even though he's a little banged up too, so he's not 100 percent either. He's been banged up all year. I feel that's one guy I feel sorry for. ESPN did classic what ESPN does. They hype this kid up so much, and then he didn't do. He, he had he, he doesn't have any help game. though. And, and he's he's getting double and triple. Yeah, he doesn't have anybody to take and the pressure. They got on the from. camera on him on every play. Yeah. Every I mean, I'm, there's not a, a defensive lineman out there who, if, the, if they recognize that roll the play time. is going to the other side, <laughs> if they roll, recognize the play is going to the other side, they take that play off. They're big men. Right. They're not. They, on, they, you're not gonna find a line a defensive lineman that plays every play, and, and they they harped on him. And now I don't even know if he'll even be invited to the downtown. <laughs> Probably not. for the Heisman Trophy, but I definitely, I think Teddy would be there. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he'll definitely be in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. I think Johnny Manziel has it all wrapped up unless something happens. After that Alabama game, putting up 500 yards against Alabama, he's there. But we're going to wrap it up here at Sully's on 4th Street here on the weekend sports budget. Have a good day. Get down here to Sully's. Don't forget $10 buckets of domestic beer and half-price wings during the L Temple game that kicks off at noon. Y'all have a great one. Peace. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Um, I'm sorry. It's the morning show right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just playing. Me and my man Trevor Kelsey out here at Sully's on 4th Street Live. Special edition of the Weekend Sports Special Buzz. Special edition of the Weekend Sports Buzz. As we prepared. You're to, still in Friday edition. Yes, there. you know, I'm a, I'm a Monday through Friday guy. As we get ready and we get prepared to uh, talk a little bit about, obviously, Louisville plays today here in the hour. Our kickoff up in Philadelphia. And uh, also, there's another thing going on downtown, Trevor, and you know what that is. Basketball season is finally upon us. It is a busy day down here, actually. We're out here at Sully's right across from the uh, – some other places. This is beautiful. You know, I don't come to Fourth Street last much. I was kind of lost, but this is—I I, don't—I see what I'm missing. It's a You're lot of very, stuff out there. A lot of people already rolling around here at 11 o'clock in the morning, getting ready for this game. We got an hour before uh, kickoff here. The little Cardinals, a 35-point favorite up in Philadelphia. Yes. People coming already starting to roam in here into Sully's and get ready to watch this on a lot of big screen TVs. And hopefully, see the Cardinals go up to a uh, another blowout win. A lot of great deals. Little wings. Little uh, alcoholic yes. beverages specials going on over here. You know, I'm not used to drinking. Aaron Johnson chilling in, uh, in, the, in the crowd. You, 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 like, my, you like my Pacers swag? I, I do. I do. I like that. I, I, pull, I pulled that out and I said, I'm going to wear this just for Trevor. That's I, I think you're just trying to get on my good side. And as you mentioned, I thought I was already there. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. And the best part about where we're at is, is you said you can come up in here and Sully's hang out, have a buy a parent a drink or two, maybe buy them some uh, chicken wings. My man Matt McCarthy, a drink or two for coming out yes. here and setting everything up despite the shirt he's wearing. Yeah, I was going to know it. I was going to tell him somebody spilled something on his shirt. So I wasn't sure. Oh, that's just a UK shirt. My fault. I'm sorry. And, you, and you're, <laughs> you're already within uh, a good decent size walking distance of the Yum Center, as you mentioned, about 4 o'clock. Swing over and watch that red and white game. This is, this is perfect timing. You have to watch the whole game here, and then you can turn around and go watch the red white scrimmage. And I mean, it's just going to be a beautiful thing. We got my man Kendrick. Just get some dinner and watch South Carolina dominate Kentucky. So it's really uh, a you know, day, I'm not a day gonna, for I'm Cardinal not gonna take fans. It like to completely enjoy. Uh, that Trevor, Trevor's going to take it there. I'm not going to take it there. I just I just had to give you stuff about your shirt, but you're still my guy. <laughs> but, you know, my man Kendrick Haskins out here as well. He's walking away, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's a good vibe down here. You know, there's a lot of good football that's about to take place. I mean, there's so much to talk about, Trevor. But um, before we get into everything, just talk about Temple. Temple is obviously not a – God-awful? Yes. It's, you know, and Louisville, I think out of the 11 teams that are in, that are in the top – I want to say in the top FBS schools, 11 of them are 
um, have never won a game yet. Temple, Louisville has three or four of those teams on their schedule. And um, a lot of people are mad at this and it's going to affect us down the road, how we're going to move forward, how are we possibly going to play in a national championship game. It's looking like it's going to be the Fiesta Bowl possibly or maybe the Orange Bowl again, you know, or the Sugar Bowl as well. So, But um, what do you think is going to happen as far as um, how, how this game takes place? It's a 35-point spread. Temple does have a tough defense. They haven't given up 35 points, I don't believe, maybe once all year. So they, they've been they've been keeping games close. Notre Dame scored 28 on them, which is the most they've given up. But then again, Notre Dame's offense is not half what Louisville's offense is. Right. You can look at Temple's defense two ways, and we we'll get into this as we got the whole hour here leading into the show, but in the in the kickoff here and a lot of other games going on is too. But yeah, you look at Temple's defense and to be positive. You want to be a Temple positive person. You want to be a Bill Cosby. Jello pop and family atmosphere. If you want to be as positive as you can about the Temple offense, then you've got to look at the fact that you have not been really blown out on a regular basis. And the fact is, the closest you've come to getting blown out is 28-6 against Notre Dame earlier in the year. Yes. And that's the most points you've given up. On the other hand, you also lost to a Hail Mary to Fordham in week three. Uh-huh. You got beat by an Idaho team, which was just, I mean, bad. 26-24 last week, who was also 0-3 at the time. Yes. Your offense is sputtering. Your your team right now has less pass touchdowns than Louisville's backup quarterback, which is never a good sign. It, you can show positives in the fact that you haven't given up and haven't been blown out defensively, but then again, you haven't played a good offense. So it's it's you know it's like you coming out down to my house and beating everybody in one-on-one basketball. Yeah. It doesn't make you Michael <laughs> Jordan just because you beat me and Mike McCarthy. Well, I mean, but I mean, I, I hold you guys to high standards, so I think that really does me some good. If I you think like. that makes you good, then the only word – the word high is involved in that sentence, but it doesn't make you bad Just because you've hung with some teams that are bad offensive, it doesn't mean you have a good defense. Now, on the other hand, for Louisville, it's going to be an interesting because is that the case? Is Temple's defense really that – you know, the product of bad offense, or are they really decent? And Louisville going on the road in Philadelphia, it's a noon game. Guys are getting there early, you have to wake up early in a different city. It's the first time they've been on the road, well, I guess, the, since Kentucky. Played, and when you look at the Kentucky game. We played four noon games, though. Yes, and but if you look at the Kentucky game on the road as well, Louisville, I didn't. I don't want to say it was bad offensively, but Kentucky did a good job of containing the Louisville offense. Yes. So it, that there'll be two different storylines right there that will be interesting to watch, see if Louisville's offense is, is good and can, can perform on the road against a defense that is either A, a solid defense that has held teams below 30 points, or B, a defense that is just inflated by the fact they haven't played in decent offenses. Yes, definitely. Um, but So when you look at everything, obviously the defense should have a field day. But um, what about the running back schedule? You know, Obviously Teddy Bridgewater still for 1,200-plus yards this year. So you think the running backs, even though I mean they've done a decent job, but are they doing what we expected? In my opinion, I haven't seen that from them. I'm looking for everybody wants to see Michael Dwyer do what he did three or four years ago, but people don't understand the fact he hasn't played football in two years. And, um, you know, you got Sonoris Perry. He's doing a tremendous job. He's coming off the ACL tear. I mean, there's so much to be said. I mean, what what are your opinions as far as, like, the running game getting on track? Well, the running – the offense, the offensive line is a big part of the running game. The offensive line is still a lot of new faces from last year. You lost guys like Alec Coupler and company up in the middle, and I think they're just becoming – starting to adjust to it. Is that you can see one of the highlights you mentioned, Michael Dwyer. I'm just now seeing a little highlight of him on one of the big TVs over here at Sully's as they're watching some uh, game day previews as well over uh, on the ES, on the Four Letter Network as we're sitting here talking and subtracting to me who has ADD. But, <laughs> you, you know, it's a triple headed monster. And you've got to keep everyone happy. At yes. some point. Dominic Brown showed a lot of discomfort, I think, on Twitter. I, I wouldn't have done it the way he did, but he showed some discomfort going into the season about yes. the fact he might have to share carries with a kind of a newcomer, kind of that new guy coming into a group that's that's grown together him. 
himself and obviously Sonoris Perry have known each other for years. Right. They've both kind of gone through the, the, the mucks and, and have earned their, earned their way to get the carries. And here comes Michael Dwyer. But I think they've meshed real well. I mean, you've seen it and it's kept everybody fresh at some point to where it's just no matter who the, is on the coming in, you've got different, you're rotating between three guys and the defense is the same defense out there and a new rusher from, from Louisville, which has helped, I think, get them the yards per carry. Now, Again, can they do that on the road? We haven't seen it. They didn't show it against Kentucky. Kentucky did a good job of stuffing that run. But that doesn't mean Coach Petrino. Coach Bobby, Coach Bob Strong, Petrino. <laughs> Coach Strong is not going to ban it. We saw that in the Florida game. It was a great example. Oh, you're ready to say Coach Jer- Jeremy Wright, I think, had, what, 22 carries for 23 yards in the Florida game, and they're not going to give up on it, even if it's not being, even if it's not working to, to perfection or to the way they want it to. So you're going to see Louisville at least try to establish the run today and get that play action going. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. When you when you look at everything going on, obviously, um, yeah, Malden's having a solid season, but I mean, the defense hasn't really shut anybody down. Obviously, Kentucky's not a great offense. Uh, you know, you can go down the you can go down the schedule all the way. Ohio's not a great offense. Um, I mean, West East EKU no, but you, you, you is got, not a great offense. You know, they haven't played anybody good offensively. Well, Ohio, I thought would have had a better offense than they did. Kentucky had opportunities. And Temple does not have a great offense either. Temple's offense is probably the worst other than maybe Florida Nationals that Louisville's played. Defensively, this team should pin their ears back and have a field day and no problem. It's just a matter of whether the offense can execute. Now, one thing I'm looking forward to, and something that I feared that would happen and did kind of occur more often than not, which is why I picked the point spread I did against Kentucky, is this offense getting the the yards but not getting the touchdowns, and that kind of worries me, having to set up for field goals and not performing inside, not just the red zone, but inside that 30, 35-yard mark where they're already in field goal range. They need to get touchdowns, not six, not threes, especially when you're on the road, and I don't care if it is Temple. One thing is for sure, our, our second and third stringers are definitely getting a lot of reps this year. You know, you don't see that too often where, you, where guys have to play, the second and third guys have to play so much. But, I mean, when you look at what's going on right now, I think that we're, we're really moving forward in the right direction. And the only thing we can really do to, to settle our future as far as playing for a national championship is to continue to blow people out, Trevor. Yeah, and, and, and as you mentioned, I mean, this, like I said, this Temple defense hasn't given up 20 points. I mean, they still allow 320 yards passing and just under 200 yards rushing a game. So it's not like this, this defense doesn't it, – it, it's a bend but don't break slough defense to a degree. And, yeah, I also think those some teams – just probably figure let's give our starters a day off when you look against Temple. And the, the offenses they played, other than Notre Dame being the best, which is a sad best, as I mentioned, is Fordham, Idaho, and uh, I forget the third team they lost to, which um, it was not a, a upper-class team. And I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm drawing a complete blank at this moment. But nonetheless, uh, it just it'll be an interesting scenario of seeing whether Temple's defense is for real. Houston, by the way, yeah, other than the fact – or if – it's just, like I said, a paper lion, so to speak. Yes, very much so, very much so. And, you know, there's a lot of other teams that are playing today. We're going to get into a couple other games to watch as well. We're also going to talk a little bit. We might get into the Kentucky game and see if they have any signs of life that they can do anything. But right now we're going to go ahead and take a break, 1450 Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Live out here at Sully's Weekend Sports Buzz, a little special edition, pre-game edition of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Trevor Kelsey here, my man Perrin Johnson, usually in the afternoon drive. It's nice to see him pairing this early up in the morning, and 
I don't think he thinks I even wake up before noon on a normal basis, and normally I don't. But no, you for, don't. <laughs> I tell you what. For, but that's because you're up till like 3 in the morning. <laughs> for for wings out here, we got a nice big plate of wings. I'm telling you, they're here, all so in my always, nose right now, and I want to have them, but I don't want to be chewing into the microphone like having everybody. I'm tempted to tell our man Douglas at the studio take like a 12-minute break so I can have about three or four wings here in the next five minutes. But 25 me, commercials. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get through plenty of those, and we're going to be out here through the game and just kick off at noon as Wilbur goes into Temple, into Philadelphia, in Lincoln Financial Field to a place where only the only thing that makes the Temple Owls defense look better sometimes is the fact that the Eagle defense is that much worse <laughs> over there. And, then, of course, our boy Teddy Bridgewater, Devontae Parker, and several other Cardinals will get at least a glimpse of what it's going to feel like probably next year or at least a year or two away from playing in an NFL stadium. There's a lot to get into. 384-1450, is the Oxmoor for the game buzz line. I, I wonder how worried Louisville fans are about this game. As I said, the spread is at 35. And when you when you look at it, obviously you think that Louisville should cover this Temple of 0-4. You look, just look at the schedule from hindsight. You think it's Temple, never a big powerhouse. They had the one little stretch where Al Golden was there for a couple of years yes. before moving to Miami. They've been bad. They're on their second coach since Al Groden. Al Golden has left. Al Groden. Al I, like, Groden. I like how you changed his name. Al Grow and Al Golden had a child. His <laughs> name was Al Groden. Uh, Al Golden has left and gone to Miami since then. They're on their second coach now and yet to get a win. So it's a tempting game to put, and I wonder if how how the worried level of a 0 to 10, 10 being the fact you're peeing yourself a little bit, 0 being that you're having shots without a care in the world, on the, on the level of, of concern, that Louisville could come up and just stumble slightly in this game, not just not only covering the spread, but even having this game closer to the comfort. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's, there's always some concern. The main thing is you don't want to give a team life. Like, you don't want to give Temple any life. When you look at what Temple does, it's going to be, uh, per se, it's going to be hard and difficult to um, give them. They're not that good. That's the problem. Like, it would be different if they were that good. Like, Rutgers makes me a little nervous. Like, um, you know, Central, Central Florida makes me a little nervous. Yeah. You know, those teams make me nervous. But outside of that, I mean, this game is – it's a very tough game when you think about it. I mean, well, it wasn't a t- last year. Thirty-two point, thirty-two, and thirty-two and a half point spread, Trevor. I need, like, to, go that to, is I need to go to your website, Boveda, who I, I'm a member with, is thirty-five. So <laughs> I, need, I need to get off them and go to your site. I mean, this is a Louisville team that dominated Temple last year, forty-five seventeen. Last time they yes. were in, like last time I don't, I, I think they were. I guess it was Lincoln Financial at the time. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, two thousand six. So it still would have been Lincoln Financial, and yes. then almost a new like Lincoln Financial. Louisville went up there and beat them sixty-two to nothing. So it's not as if Louisville struggled with Temple at all. I mean, Louisville last time, this is their fourth matchup, 21-12, and the first time they met in 2003. So Louisville is 3-0 against this team with an average victory of roughly about 32 points or so, which is what the line has said. There's a reason why odds makers make the money that they do. But, I mean, when you look at the road, I mean, Louisville obviously going to Kentucky. Kentucky a better defense than Temple, better team than Temple, despite their struggles themselves. But it was a road game that Louisville's offense didn't I don't want to say it didn't click, but it took a little while to get moving and to get to its rhythm and get into its mojo. And never really, I guess at some point, never got into a full strength of its mojo. Does that worry you when you go into a game, even if it is Temple, but it's on the road like Kentucky was, also a noon start? You know, I, and I'm trying I'm trying to find a way. Like, I'm, we're doing it. Me and you, we're numbers people. I love the and TV. We, out here, yes, the, the, the TV is massive, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> it is massive. ADD. really excited about that you know temple's defense they they don't get time to rest that's the main problem connor riley and kenneth parker you know kenneth parker runs the ball very well but connor riley is very erratic he's one he's the main guy that has the offense and they have a good amount of talent the issue is that they just haven't played much 
like we talked about that the other day. Out of the 85 scholarship guys that Temple has on their on their team, 45 of them are freshmen. Very young team, yeah. That's crazy. When you think about it, that is insane. It, so, it, it is insane. You're right. And it just you still just got to worry about this. Like I said, down the road. I don't think this should be each me worse for a little while. I think they'll, they'll end up winning this game. We'll give our predictions later on. But also three, four. Any concerns that you would have as a little fan? Three or four, fourteen fifty is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzland. We are out live on Fourth Street live here from eleven to noon, right until kickoff, right until the point where John Wallace puts the ball in the tee and hits foot left foot to it and sends it in the air. We will be here right over here at Sully's on all road games. Your place to go to watch every little road game. And also, one of the better part about it is you can get in here and get some great wings, get stuff, nice yes, drinks. I'm about, to, nice I'm about to kill these wings right here. We got some me. very attractive bartenders working in here as well, which always makes for a nice viewing atmosphere. And then, of course, as soon as this game's over, you can head right over and walk on over. Maybe catch a cab if you're a little tipsy, but that's okay. Wrong with that. Because <laughs> walk it off, walk it off. Walk it off, exactly. <laughs> Lean back, as uh, my cousin Fat Joe once said. And then you <laughs> you can, know he's, in, he's, in, he's going to jail for tax evasion. So uh, don't, don't say he's your cousin. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and then you can head right over to the Yelp Center and the red-white game scrimmage, which will be the first today. As I see little Teddy Bridgewater highlights on the yes, And the ladybirds are just walking. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, the ladybirds. We'll have to see. Matt, Matt do be, be a good producer and go, go see if we can get one of these ladybirds to come on join us on the show. Yeah, as he looks at me with the, with the eyes of a yeah, man. yeah. Walk over there with that yeah. UK shirt and ask to be on the show. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. Come back, I, Darren. I want to talk about this red white scrimmage with yes, you as well. So. Is on top even some more about this game and of course just some other the games that are going on today in the world of college football. A lot to get into. Western had a big win earlier this week, as well as Notre Dame, one of those teams that we talked about that was yes. Temple's probably best best. Opponent they faced. We'll have their game on our airways. They play in the Jerry Dome against Arizona State later today at 6.30, 7.30 kickoff. We are live out at Sully's on 4th Street Live. This is the special edition of game edition of the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back, Weekend Sports Buzz, a game day edition of Weekend Sports Buzz. Uh, big thanks to my man, Kurt Haskins, uh, filling into the 9 to 11. Mike Kendafo, your normal host on the uh, 9 to 11 version of the Weekend Sports Buzz. He's up in Philly getting himself a cheesesteak and staying out of the ghetto where he par- even parent was scared to enter I tell himself. you what, the, the Philly is no joke, people. I don't care. The south side, the Philly, and the west side is, of Philly. Is it wrong of me I'm wearing an Eagles shirt on the day that, that Louisville is playing in Philadelphia? Now, I, obviously, clearly, they're playing Temple. They're not playing the Eagles. Yeah. Some could be confused by that when you see Temple play defense and try to tackle. Right. But, you know, <laughs> I, the fact that I'm actually – I'm wearing the, the, the shirt of the, the, sta- the I, home stadium. I tell you what, none of those guys out. will ever work for the police department because they can't catch anybody. No. <laughs> so, maybe they will. Have you ever watched the first 48? <laughs> <laughs> well, every time I do, it's always in Louisville. I know, or Memphis. So you never see Philadelphia. I, you're scared of it. I've never yeah, seen Philadelphia. You know why? Because the camera crew is afraid to tape in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's probably why. They give up in 48 minutes in Philadelphia. Yes, very much we're, so. We're out here right on 4th Street Live in the heart of 4th Street Live over in – and Sully's, on Sully's, right on the corner, right outside, right next to the escalator, people walking by. But nice little crowd, not not too packed, not too uh, not too shallow. This is my kind of Fourth Street, my kind of Bourbon Street-like crowd right now. Just enough people where I don't bump into everybody, and I can still get a nice view of uh, yeah, you know, the women I'll never have a chance with. You don't like being uh, boxed in with a lot of people, do you? I don't. I'm, 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 I'm not claustrophobic, but as a big guy, I have no intention of I like, like being able to turn and move. I, 
exactly. Yes. I like to be able to move at my own rate, and this is exactly the way I like it. Where it, it Sully's got some great wings in front of parents, been scarfing them down. Got, yeah, got myself a little mellow yellow to wake myself, wake myself up, and get the day going. Yes. We'll be out here until kickoff. There's Louisville Faces Temple. Come uh-huh. out, Sully. It's a great place to be, and the only place to come watch all Louisville road games each and every week, football and basketball. And on that segue, speaking of basketball, there's no reason to watch them on the road this week because they will be doing their scrimmage. The first of three red-white scrimmages yes. today at 4 o'clock, just a few blocks from here at the Yum Center. And a lot of question marks go into this this scrimmage. One, Russ Smith, more than likely, I don't think, is going to play today. Uh, he, he tweaked ankle, no real concern, I think, for Cardinal fans. But nonetheless, no reason to put him out there because he's really not, not to be insulting the Rusticulous. No one's really as much going to watch Russ today as they're really going more so to see yeah. Chris Jones, see, we know, An- we see know Terry Rozier, yeah. and see Anton Gill. Exactly. Are the three names, I think, as well as Montrez Harrell. Those four guys, I think, will be the one, two, three, and four guys in any particular order, no matter what fan you are, are the ones that more people are most interested to see today. Yeah, I could agree with you more. And uh, for Terry Rozier and Anton Gill and also uh, Chris Jones, you know, Chris Jones is older. He was the number one junior college player in the country, so he gets a chance to adapt and really learn how to fill things out a little bit more. But he's going to take probably a little more shots than you probably get, normal, get used to seeing. Luke Hancock is not playing as well. Um, Kevin Ware is not playing as well. So, I mean, we're going to see the young guys. We're going to see them play yeah. a whole lot of basketball, and people can really get a good feel for that. Um, I, I want people to realize is that, you know, they're not gonna they're not going to do anything out the ordinary because at the end of the day, um, Chris Jones is going to have to play with Russ Smith. He's going to have to play with um, – Obviously, Luke Hancock as yeah. well. So, I mean, that's the main thing. So, people understand that. So, it's going to be hard to judge this game. Like, you really, like you said, you really got to focus in on the big guys. How much has Shane improved? How much has he worked on his game and developed his game? Uh, how much has Montrezl Harrell changed his game? He's, he's improved his body. He's a lot stronger. He has a he has a high top fade, which I'm not really feeling. But, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Float your boat unless you cut it off yesterday. I had a high um, top fade in high school. <laughs> and uh, did look right. You know, it's just, I just want to see how the new guys get uh, get in, interacted out. Um, because basically, when you look at it right now, we're replacing two draft picks right now. We're replacing Gorgie Zhang and uh, the brain of the operation in Peyton Siva, and he did a tremendous job. you got to give Peyton credit. And uh, I think people are going to learn, as, as good as Chris Jones is offensively, I don't know if he's the, the passer that Peyton was. And we'll, we'll, he can be. He's going to have to be that because when you look at these two teams, when you look at the, our, our team right now from last year and this year's team, the main thing is can these guys be in- integrated into what we're trying to do here and buy into the system and then the guys that are there, can they stay humble and stay hungry and understand what's taking place? And, and as I mentioned, you know, and you you being a former player have had the luxury. You mentioned yesterday on our our show afternoon drive, which you can catch Monday through Fridays, three to five, on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. Shameless plug right there as we're live here at Solis yes. right now on Fourth <laughs> Street on Fourth Street live, getting ready to watch it. We got a giant TV out here with the. Our, our friends at WHAS who's going to have this game right now. Sea turtles are going across it. I'm wondering if we could put a chair in the street and watch this. I, I want to. I just stayed right here and watch it. Yeah. I, the thing that's fascinating me as you were talking is the doctor that's on this show on WHS now. Her name is Laura Croft. Yeah. Uh, that just kind of <laughs> blew my mind for a second uh, and, and distracted me. But as I was saying, you, you've had an opportunity, obviously going down and we, doing some rehab with your knee and stuff and working out still a little to watch them practice prior to what we're going to see in the scrimmage today and, and most of the fans first look at them. You said something yesterday that really caught my that, that interested me, and I didn't get a chance to get into it with you as much. But you mentioned the improvement of Montrez Harrell. Yes. Offensively, where have you seen the most improvement? Because the one thing I, you know, the explosiveness is there, yes. clearly. But the problem, but what you have to be concerned is, is it in the half court game? You saw the Syracuse game. 
A lot of fans may think that is the, the giant step forward, and hopefully it will be. But where have you seen improvements such as maybe his footwork or even just him playing on the post as much as anything? Uh, the, the, it's, two, it's two things. He's become a better passer. And, you know, Montrez, you don't remember Montrez passing the ball at all last year. You just remember block shots and dunks. Which, which is a big necessity when you think about him and Shane at the same time in there, one playing high post, one playing low post, yes. which is what you'll see with these guys. Yes, very much so. So, I mean, that's the one thing. He's a, Montrez, is a, he's been a better passer with the guys. And he's done a lot of stuff where he's um, picking and popping. And which is great because if he can knock down a 17-footer, an 18-footer, and you have to respect that, he can put the ball on the deck. And you got to guard him not just 8 and 10 feet out, but you got to guard him 17 feet now. And he's capable of putting the ball on the deck. And with his athleticism and the way he can go past people, if he can knock down that shot consistently, I think that will really open up the court for him and Shane Vahannon to do a lot of work together, as well as Stephen Van Treese. Stephen Van Treese is in the best shape of his life since we've seen him here at Louisville. He looks very strong in how he runs and how he rebounds the ball, and he makes it. He's making good moves. But the best thing about him, he's like the Vladi Divac of the team. Like he's like the he's like he passes the ball very well and does a lot of things. See, that's where I get concerned. I I I, you know, I think Vladi Divac. I think you're giving maybe downplaying Vladi Divac. No, no, no. I'm not downplaying. <laughs> Vladi can play. Don't get it wrong. And I agree. I 100. I mean, when you just call him a lot. You know, Van Trees, and I love Van Trees. He is the, the ultimate fan favorite guy. He's going to hustle. He's going to get out there. He's going to go after every rebound. But he is a liability. And how much concern, obviously, Patino's saying that he's going to be starting at center. How long that'll last, we don't know. Whether it be just, you know, one game, five games, just for one as play. As long as he stays healthy, I don't see that. He'd be a starter. Anymore. How worried are you, though, when you look at Van Trees, the guy that if Louisville was forced into a half court offense? And we'll see if hopefully improvements today in the scrimmage, maybe from him. But that he is such a liability because you, you said he's not really the best to passer. He's not a guy that's going to get on the low block and score for you. He's not a guy that's going to knock down jump shots. He's really just a guy that's going to hustle more often than not, and pretty much that's mostly about what he's going to bring to the table. Right. And that can diminish you because he's what we call and what I would refer to many he's times not an offensive threat. as a self-check player. <laughs> you, I, and I know that phrase very well. How y'all doing? Go Cards. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that has to worry you because when you do that, then you have the fact that people are going to be able to double-team more on a guy like Russ Smith. How much of a concern is that? to you and how much improvement do you look to see out of a guy like Stephen Van Treats going into this year, knowing he's going to get more playing time and being a more starting role? Um, he, I think, I think it'll be a good thing because you don't, when you have four guys that are capable of scoring, I don't think it's a really big deal because I mean, when you look at it, Chris Jones can score the basketball. He was a junior college player of the year. He can score, he can flat out score the basketball. Russ Smith averaged 18 points. He averaged 18.9 points a game. So he averaged 19 points. He can flat-out score the basketball. Luke Hancock, Final Four MVP, most outstanding player, 27 points off the bench. Luke could shoot the basketball, pass the basketball, but we know Luke can score as well. And obviously Shane Bahannon, when he, when he re wants to rebound, like he's capable of rebounding and he does that, he can do a lot of great things. So can Montrez. The, the, the biggest difference is a guy like Montrez, Montrez needs to work on making moves and trying to be a scorer instead of having guys set him up to be a scorer. And Shane, I feel like, needs to do a lot more things, putting the ball on the deck and being more assertive and being consistent every game. Consistency. That The word that Shane, Shane Bahannon shouldn't, shouldn't be Shane Bahannon. He should be consistency Bahannon. That should be his name <laughs> this year. He starts with a C. Go ahead and make it because he needs to be consistent with his play. And I think once he's consistent with his play and he has a big year like he's capable of, we'll see a lot of great things and how to open up the court for everybody. And Steven, I mean, he's not going to be a guy who's going to go out there and give you 15 and 8. But hey, I guarantee he'll give you nine rebounds every day and give you five or six points here and there when he needs to. Set screens, do a good job of doing that. Just yes. 
hopefully we'll seize the improvements offensively and obviously Montrez. And as you mentioned with Shane, no doubt about it, consistency, consistency in his game because we know it can be there. We just don't want to have to wait and see it at the second half of a title game. Not that that's yeah. not a bad timing but hey. or, in the, for, or during a Florida comeback nonetheless. Not that the timing isn't perfect and we don't enjoy well, seeing it when it does happen. We just want to see it against teams. This is where we, when you talk about consistency and it, it segues into this game today, this is the type of game if Shane played football would could maybe overlook Temple and not show up in this type of game and be one be the Shane Mahan you're used to seeing. And that's the consistency problems that Louisville fans want to avoid this year in basketball. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. We definitely want to do that. I mean, I'm just I'm just really excited. The only thing that concerns me right now is, like I said, the loud jam at the, at the guard position. And outside of that, I'm just I'm okay. Who who is your starting five for day as of one? right now? If I had to like as of right now, yeah. You know, keep in mind you've got to see you've got to see, see these people, practices, yeah. yeah. And like some some of us who have not, not that I'm just too lazy just to drive down there probably. <laughs> uh, Did you get me in for a practice by the way? And then, yeah, when you want to go. Can you get me in? If you want to go, about time knowing you pays off for something. Hey, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, remember, my dad used to always say, hey, boy, a closed mouth is not get fed. If you don't ask, I can't tell you. I can't help you. So I want to remember that. Yeah. No, but back, back to your question, I'm being my randomness. But no, but I tell you what, um, it's a, I, want, I would say right now if I had to start the season today, I would start Chris Jones at the one, Russ at the two. I would start the way, you know, it's hard because I, I, Luke Hancock would come off the bench. And we know he's, he can do that because he did it before last year. So, I mean, do you start Wayne Blackshear or do you, and you bring Luke off the bench? Or do you start Luke Hancock because he's your leader on the team? You want to have mm-hmm. somebody out. So you want to have your two captains out there, Luke and uh, Russ. And then uh, then you put Shane at the four. But if now you don't start Shane at the four, I'm probably saying you're going to start Van Tree, So you're probably going to start – maybe you're going to start Montrez and bring some leadership, veteran leadership off the bench. And Shane Mahanic come off the bench. If it's Van Treese and Harold, Harold's the five. I mean, the four and yes, Van Treese is the five. Absolutely. Actually, but, Van Treese would be the five but in those, either situation. Those positions are interchangeable in that offense yeah. that he runs. So it doesn't matter. But, like, if I had to pick out a five, that would be the five. And then my first guy off the bench, I would probably either bring, I'd say, Luke Hancock or Wayne, Wayne Blackshear. And then I would um, probably bring in Terry Rozier and slide Russ to the one. And let Russ learn how to play the one and prove to the NBA scouts, which is why he came back to school that he could play the point. Uh, the only problem I have with letting Russ do that was because here, here's the thing: I, I've seen Patino try this before with a guy. Not to say he's not the exact same player as Russ Smith, but the same situation of of a of a, of a person in a body of a point guard, but a, a two guard in heart and pure skill. Yeah. And he tried that with Tony Delk, and he finally it took him about two months. And he gave up on it. It's like he was better after that when he had to be back to the point. Delk back to two. You just it's you don't want to just put a, a round square, a round circle into a square peg just yeah. because it's maybe better for you. Want the kids' future to be better. You don't want to force it in there. I you totally don't want to force agree. it. You want to be successful here. That being said, unless Luke Hancock is just feels better about coming off the bench and wants to only come off the bench, and some players I can see that. Uh, you know, one of your teammates, Earl Clark, was kind of a similar situation. He wanted. To, I, I think you no, know, Earl Clark came in after you did. No, Earl came. Earl was a senior. I was a senior, my senior Earl was a freshman, freshman yeah. and Earl came off the and Earl but, like came off the bench too because yeah. he's more comfortable. I but think you know, it wasn't so much that it was just, he was learning so much. Yeah, and Bettino said that you know he had to sit there and show him five, you know, two minutes into the game, this is what they're doing. He had to yeah. see it, but it was also it wasn't his preparation. He couldn't gather it in his head until he saw but it. That on is the floor. awesome though because that is the ultimate teaching tool. Like, is he? Because I feel like you almost get a head start and get the you get like the the blueprints, you get the yeah. cheat sheet, you get the cliff notes to what's going on. 
and so you see how a guy's playing the moves he's making. You see what he likes to do, and you can take that away. And that, and that's not, not that Luke obviously needs Luke being a, a junior and an upperclassman opposed to Earl as a freshman at the yes. time. Earl was doing that even his junior and senior year too. It's very point. much so. So maybe he's something feels comfortable. And other than that, unless he he has to and wants to come off the bench. I don't start Chris Smith only only because or Chris Jones. Yeah, I was gonna say, dang, it's the Chris same thing you did yesterday. Like, I'm, yesterday. Are we are we talking about the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the case, and I'm not starting. Chris yeah, Smith. Uh, <laughs> how many tattoos you put to me on the body? Oh, uh, I, I'm not starting just not because I I I just haven't seen him play. Right. And until I'm proven, see him in the scrimmage and see. What I know, I'm not going to go by what everybody else is telling me and, and, and one time. Not even me? You don't even believe me? I, I love your parent. I do, but it's just, I got to see it from my own eyes. That being said, and I'll tell you the other reason why, is because I would start Russ and obviously Wayne in, in the backcourt. You know, you're, you're, a true, you're a true Philadelphia Eagles fan. No, no wonder I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Luke, Luke at the three, and then obviously Shane and Montrez traditionally – I would I would probably actually start bring Montrez off the bench and start Ventrese anyway to bring that energy off the bench and bring it for you along with the backcourt coming off of Jones and Rogier Gill. Nice. But the main reason I'd want Hancock on the court is because to me he is the best point guard that Louisville has at that point four position, running the pick and roll in the half. No, it's court crazy. You're right about that. And running, keeping the ball in in the in the in, in the uh, weave offense they like to run yes. and coming off ball screens. I think he's going to be the best guy to have the ball in his hands in a half-court situation. And you saw that in the Michigan game as well. Michigan had struggles coming around that screen and allowing Luke to get a lot of open looks, four of them in which he knocked down to bring Louisville back in that game because they played underneath that screen way too much, giving him not enough respect. And I think that's the best situation Louisville has at this point going forward. Now, I'm not saying Russ can't handle the ball, but I just feel that Luke Hancock will be probably the best point guard at least the point guard abilities on the court that Lowell has to offer at this point. You know, I could be wrong. Now, Chris Jones could prove me completely wrong because I haven't seen him play. But from what I know from this team, what I've watched myself, my own two eyes, that's just what I feel with this team right now at this point. You know, the, the main thing is unselfishness and always trying to get somebody a better shot than the other guy. But that's, that's what they really have to focus on doing. Because when you sit here and you talk about Trevor, we've seen enough basketball to know. How many scoring point guards have you seen that really end up being willing passers? Not too many. I mean, yes. some of them can produce, but a lot of them are going to look for their shot, their first three attempts, then pass it. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to. They're, they're going to penetrate. They're going to get in the lane, but they're going to be. They're going to prefer three out of four times to throw up a floater with a guy in their face than they are to dump when, it when, off when they need a bucket. Yeah. Type situation. To, to dump it off to a guy coming on the weak side where his defenders rotated over, and now he's open for a dunk. Something you did very well on Garcia. That's something your teammate Francis Garcia did. Hey, I love. I was that. always in the right spot. That's he, all I needed there, to do. I have never. He, no one that came off that curl almost better. As, the only person I think I ever saw come off that curl as good as him was Ron Mercer, Kentucky. And now Mercer would take the shot though. He never drove off the curl. Yeah, he always took the open jump shot and knocked it down more often than not. But Garcia would threaten you with the shot, but he would also just get in that lane. And how many times did the defender come up and he gave you and Ellis Miles just a wide open layup? No, I used to dunk um, it. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about with layups. I used to dunk <laughs> well, it. well, Ellis would lay it up then at least. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would dunk it because of that penetration coming off the corner. That's something I haven't seen as much from over last year. Even with, with, a lot of the offense has changed. By it me. has. And, and I think this year you will see a little bit because I think, you know, despite the fact he might not be as quick and as is, is athletically skilled as both Mercer and, and Garcia, I think Luke Hancock – can be that type of point forward for this team coming off that screen, rotating around, and then you got Montrez just with a monster dunk off the, off the weak side rotation. Yes, and he's so athletic, so explosive. We're going to see a lot of that this year. The, the question is, how do you – I'm not really worried about much. I think the question is, how do you defend 
Louisville. Because a lot of teams aren't going to be able to do that this year. I mean, you're going to have to pack it in the zone and force them to take jump shots. That I mean, that from unless unless I see something and then this team shows a more consistency. I mean, other than outside shooting, consistency from the outside is going to be the biggest question mark. Russ Smith is not a great outside shooter, even when he's open. We've seen it. I mean, there's been times he's been wide open and he's airballed a shot. I mean, obviously, consistency is a problem, I think, with the outside shooting. Outside the fact of Luke Hancock and possibly maybe Chris Jones, but Hancock is really the only one coming into this team that has shown a consistent outside shot. Yes. And we've only seen that consistency in the, in the month of April last now, year. Now, Trevor, when we, he's healthy. Yes. We don't, and he's not even healthy now. So, for so hell, we don't even know if he's going to be healthy this season. Yeah, so we'll see what's going on and happen with that. Now, Trevor, there's a couple games I want to talk to you about before we um, – Get things going and wrapped up here. Um, so remind people we are live out here at Sully's. Yes, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, we are. Perrin's getting some waves, by the way. He's got fans out there. No one's even. Everybody, I, he gets waves going. That's Perrin Johnson. And then uh, go, don't who, gas me. Who, up. Who, who's 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 the guy next to him? Is that his, like his butler or something? Oh, uh, there mean? you go. <laughs> you, you don't. He's no butler wears the Eagles shirt. First of all, not everybody knows that. So like, we we live here for July. We'll be out here for all the road games. Great place, great atmosphere, great wings. I tell you that much. I'm looking at them. I'm surprised there's one left on the plate. I'm trying. I'm trying to get. To them, but every time I try to get to one, we're coming back from commercial breaks. And I, and I send a question to you. You think that's on purpose? No. That, 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 <laughs> I'm doing that intentionally. That is hilarious. <laughs> you know, uh, Trevor, but there's so much I want to talk to you about as we are we're out here at Sully's Live right now, Fort Street Live. Air Force and Navy play today, and nobody thought that game was going to be played, so I'm happy to see that played. Obviously, me and you are picking Louisville against Temple. So let's get to the nitty-gritty of this schedule right now. Maryland at Florida State, number 25 versus number 8. A clash of two ugly uniform games. An ugly uniform game right What's there. What's wrong with Florida State's uniforms? Yeah, it's just it's just the color I don't Oh, like. no. Florida State. Now listen, I'm because not, you know why? Because we're going to the ACC next year, so I'm going to go ahead and hate on Florida State right now. <laughs> That's what that is about. And boom goes the dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I, first of all, I don't know how to argue with that. that, that that's just an arguable uh, debate right there. And I, Florida State, now their jerseys aren't so great. I like the helmets. It's, 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 it's old school. It's classic. It is classic. Yes. Now, now, Maryland, yes. Maryland looks like something that – the only way I would enjoy it is if I dropped three hits of acid and drank six beers. No, that's one of those. That's one of those. Uh, like, uh, remember what um, the 40-year-old virgin when the girl threw up on the guy in the car? Like, man, somebody looks like somebody threw up like a, some French toast. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like somebody threw up chips and salsa all over their helmets and shirt jerseys. Yeah. They are peaches. But it's, yeah, I'm glad you brought the game up because this is a, this is a game that I think Florida State's going to roll. There's 16-point favorites in the game. 16 and a half was it this morning, actually. Maryland, 4-0. Have looked good. They dominated West Virginia in their last and a week ago, thirty-seven nothing. Yes. And this is a West Virginia team that since has come out and beaten Oklahoma State. Now plays Baylor this week, so another chance for them. But I think Maryland's a paper line. I know my buddy John Renshaw, if he's down in Miami listening, is probably cussing me right now for that, plus many other reasons. Oh, he's not here, so that doesn't matter. But I'm not a Randy. <laughs> Daddy's up listening to. Uh, but Randy Edsel, he might be. There's plenty of bars. Uh, Randy Edsel, I've never been a huge fan of his. I even though. He did do some success in Connecticut. I think this is kind of a paper line team, a little overrated. West Virginia is not that good to begin with. They got lucky to beat Oklahoma State. I think Florida State rolls in this game by at least 30 points. Despite a Florida State team that defensively looked really bad last week in Boston College. Yes, very much so. Penn State, Indiana. And they didn't cover either. I know that very well. <laughs> Penn State, Indiana. You know, Penn State, they're doing, it. They're, they're doing a good job with what they have. And IU, you know, they were they came out the gate firing, and everybody got excited. And then um, it was kind of like that soul to soul song. I love, I love the way you describe them doing the best they can with what they have. <laughs> you act like they're poor. <laughs> and they're like, they're like they got like six dollars. Yeah. 
poor for talent. You make him sound like Dave Chappelle at Half Baked when he takes your girl on a date for like three dollars and sixty cents, and he ends up buying like a hot dog and ice cream, yes. and then steals money from the. That's what you described the Penn State as. They're doing the best of what they have. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, they're on they're on probation. They lost a lot of scholarships. I think they're only down to sixty five. So they're down Something twenty like scholarships. That. So I mean, you know, you got to give the you the coaching staff a tremendous amount of respect, as well as when you look at Indiana, like I said. They are who we thought they were. They're, they're, um, yeah, they're, they, they're a good offensive team. They yes. can't stop anybody defensively. Okay. It's been the same story for years. I, you know, we talked to Jeff Rabjohns earlier yes. week. Great informative guy from Peaks.com filling us in this game. And he, he likes Penn State to win the game. Penn State's another one that we don't know what really to expect from them. We, don't, we haven't really seen them in a, a good competition. Indiana lost to Missouri last week. We saw them get blown out by Navy. Couldn't stop Navy midshipman run. On the other hand, Penn State has lost to Central Florida team that gave South Carolina all they wanted, dominated Kent State, Eastern Michigan, and Syracuse so far. I like Penn State in this game. I think they'll win. I think it's going to be a lot closer. This is a game that kicks off here at noon as well. Yes. It's Penn State's first road game of the year. Indiana's still at home. I think Indiana will have a nice crowd out there. I think Indiana offensively will be able to put up some points, but I think Penn State will end up winning this game. Something like, I'm going to say like a 41 to 38 type score, but I think Indiana jumps down this game early. I do. I think Indiana takes like a 14 nothing lead and comes out big early, but just kind of falls back into reality at some point during the game. Yes, very much so. So I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, for all the IU fans out there that are listening to us, they they can do a little bit of work and make something happen with that game. Next game that's not a real big game, Trevor, but I'm very interested in seeing is uh, Clemson. I got them on upset alert. You know, Syracuse is in the ACC now. They got to go to Syracuse. They got to play in the Dome today. So do you think that's something that people are worry about? I think you smoked before the show. Yes. Because <laughs> Clemson is going to dominate Syracuse. They're, they're, say, Clemson has been as good a football team this year as anybody. There's a reason they're number three in the country. They've beaten Georgia. They've come out and handled everybody that they've been faced with. Syracuse, on the other hand, as I mentioned, got beat by Penn State, yes. dominated by Northwestern. Not that there's anything wrong with that Northwestern good team. Yes, they've, they've corrected their ship, scoring 100 points in the last two games against Wagner. Yes. And that's pretty much might as well be Wagner High School where I went, as well as Tulane, who's, who's about as awful as you get. Yes, very Clemson's much Clemson's so. a good team. Clemson is the real deal. Taj Boyd loads them up. Syracuse, they, Syracuse is about 35 in this game. Got you. What about, uh, you know, there's so many games I want to go through that I can throw so many things out at you. Oregon at Colorado. The Anthony Thomas is not playing in this game. He has a twisted ankle. So if you're wondering about the point spread, you might want to take that into consideration. Trevor, what do you think about that game? Does Oregon handle Colorado? Uh, I don't know if they cover because the line is like 45 points. Yes, and no DeAnthony Thomas. Yeah, I, I think Oregon wins the game. I don't know if they cover the spread, but Colorado's not any good. Yes, very much so. I think Oregon wins this game by at least 30 TCU, points. TCU, who was ranked in the beginning of the year when they, until they played LSU and they lost in that early game, they're playing against Florida at Florida. No, they're playing against Oklahoma at Oklahoma. Do you know their coach always pairs them very well? Do you think they have any t- chance to win at Oklahoma? I know uh, Oklahoma just beat Notre Dame. Yeah, Oklahoma good against Notre Dame. Yes. TCU's been up and down this year, obviously, with, since the start against LSU. Uh, I've, you know, it, where's it at again? The game is at Oklahoma. Take yeah. Oklahoma. They'll win by 10 points. Okay, absolutely. Uh, another game I want to talk to you about is uh, – well, we can talk about the Kentucky game, but I don't think we have enough time to talk about that. There's so much we could just say. Well, because we, we are about 10 seconds away from kickoff. We're out here at <laughs> Sully's. Make sure to come by, buy me some wings, because Aaron's working with what he has. As good as he can, like Penn State. <laughs> I'm doing what I can with what I got. Big thanks to my man, Douglas Wilton, in the studio, and Matt McCarthy bringing us the wings and hooking us up. We'll be back every road game out here at Sully's on 4th Street Live. This has been a special edition of the weekend Sports Buzz Golf Guys. Weekend Golf Guys coming up next.